Holy moly, that seal's having some issues today. He's like wrestling with a bear. I know, exactly. <laughs> I, I am. Can I just say it right now? Your hair looks really good today. <laughs> Thanks, sir. I, 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 I couldn't come on right away because I know you're artillery, and I didn't want to walk into lobbing shells. So. <laughs> I've been waiting for you. Yeah, I was just looking for a, uh, since I'm going to be on my phone, I've got a little tripod that holds the phone. I just can't find the frickin' thing. It does you no good if you don't have it, does it? Is that because you're old and you have the shakes really bad? Um, no, he wants to drink while he does the podcast. <laughs> that too. Okay. <laughs> and that is, that, that is, that is allowed. <laughs> okay. We encourage like, that. Hell. You know, it's 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 noon. It's somewhere. Yeah. It's, five. Yeah. it's five somewhere. Well, see, people go with that five somewhere, and I said, I, I've been doing a it's noon somewhere a lot longer before that <laughs> song came out. So, Hey, 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 lead heads. We are back with another episode of, I mean, you know what it is because you tuned into it and you're listening to it, right? The Talking Lead Podcast. That's right. Uh, in case this wasn't the podcast you wanted to listen to, <laughs> you, you can tune out now and uh, and go find uh, Joe Rogan or whatever it is you were looking for. Uh, but this is Talking Lead, and uh, that's what we do here. We talk lead and all things lead and uh, anything maybe even remotely uh, related to lead. Uh, and lead in the form of bullets. It's not lead, it's lead. <laughs> you, you'd be surprised how many people want... I've got the uh, the logo and everything on the... The, I call it the lead sled, my Yukon. And people at gas stations will come up to me and they go, what's, what's a talking lead? <laughs> what's a talking lead? So, uh, you know, we, I guess we, we could do that as well. We could give you leads. We give you leads on uh, great people, great products, um, great services that are related to the firearms industry here. Uh, in case you're new to us, uh, but for you, a long-time leadheads, you know I'm just I'm just – fucking around i'm having a good time i've got two great guys joining me today and uh, i'm going to introduce them in just a second uh so if you haven't had an opportunity make sure you go to last episode tlp 375 where we continued our liberty series and uh, we had brian with occam defense solutions and we had jared seagraves with 212 training group and we talked about uh kind of kicked it off talking about you know where does your local sheriff stand so when all these uh, unconstitutional and unlawful rules and regulations are being mandated, and I use the finger quotes uh, across the country, you know, how, how are your local sheriff, your, your local law enforcement, the people who enforce these laws, how are they acting, how are they reacting? And that was all due to um, Chad Bianco. He's a sheriff there in California. Uh, he made a public statement about how, uh, you know, he's really not going to be enforcing these these uh, <clears throat> unconstitutional, unlawful rules and regulations that that California governor that uh, one of our guests is very familiar with. <laughs> and I'm sure he's probably got some comments on that as we get into it. Uh, but make sure you go back, listen to that. Um, uh, it's more of a thought-provoking episode. We don't really have a lot of answers, but it's a lot of questions that you need to be asking yourself 
Uh, and we, you know, we give some tips and tricks on uh, maybe people that you should be surrounding yourself with to get the knowledge that you need to know. So go check that out. And then, of course, uh, all the sponsors of Talking Lead, make sure you go and support them, show them the love that they deserve, because without them, this show wouldn't be possible. Fioki Ammo, Mission First Tactical, Caltech Weapons, Century Arms, Buck Knives, uh, and many more. So, uh, And uh, those discount codes, you know, it is the holiday season, and we've got many discount codes, and we'll be giving those. So make sure you check our social media. Uh, our uh, podcast, you know, we give them out on the show. You got to listen. And then the big giveaway. We are having a huge giveaway. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest, and then we're going to talk about this huge giveaway that we're doing. Uh, my guest today, uh, and he's he's been on the show before. He's a longtime leadhead, but it's been a while since we've had him on, and uh, really been looking forward to this. It is Dwight Settle with Seal One. And you guys know Dwight. You remember you longtime leadheads know Dwight. But for you new leadheads, Dwight, welcome in. And I want you to uh, tell a little bit about yourself, but not just yet. Our next guest is uh, he's from Oregon. And uh, he's retired Army, Lieutenant Colonel. And he has a company called Taz Fabrication. And uh, they're making some awesome targets. And we're going to get him to talk about those. And his name is Kurt Mickelson. Kurt, welcome in. Thank you. Yes, sir. So you're a new guy. And, okay. And, and that, that's a real thing on this show. Uh, the, the new guy, new guy, new guy uh, line of questions that we ask. Uh, we'll probably hit you with those if we have time. And I don't know, Dwight, if we've ever hit you with those questions, have we? Um, no, because when, when I was on, we were at uh, SHOT Show. Oh, we didn't so. do a normal show, did we? No. Yeah, so we, we we were doing that shot show, and plus Ron, you know, Ron Bellin, yeah, yeah, God rest his soul, he was on there, and you know it's hard to get a word in edgewise when <laughs> when Ron. Oh it's, yeah, it's, I'm throwing yeah I'm throwing a cheap shot at him, you know he he'll get me back. Oh know? yeah, oh yeah, yeah he he expects that he would expect nothing less. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll we'll do that a little bit later on in in the show too. But um, the big giveaway that we're doing, we're doing a huge giveaway to uh, celebrate our launching of our channel on Full 30. So Talking Lead uh, has a channel on the Full 30 <coughs> network now. And uh, to, to promote that, to celebrate that, we've got something like 20 companies that have taken part in this giveaway. And we've got five packages that we're giving away, five winners, and somewhere around ten thousand dollar total in in prizes and and whatnot. So uh, you can go to our Instagram page. You can go to our Facebook page. Uh, you can email me talkinglead at gmail dot com and, and get the link. Uh, if you don't have Instagram, you don't have Facebook. Uh, I will send you the link to where you can go and take part in this this giveaway. It's one of those where you go and you like the Facebook, the Instagram, the website, whatever, and you get more entries. So the more you do it, the more entries you get, better your chances to win. Uh, and what's cool about this, guys, is we've got five packages, and each package has a firearm in it. So we've got uh, two Sky, uh, their red dot guns, their new red dot guns that they're giving away. We've got a Smith & Wesson M&P 
9 that we're going to be giving away. We've got a Glock 48 that we're giving away. And the, the big number one prize is a Browning Buckmark 22, but it comes with a suppressor. How cool is that? Stealth Suppressors has put up a suppressor for that package. Uh, and then each of those packages comes with an additional, like, $1,500 in, in prize packages, in prizes, uh, from Buck Knives, Geisley Automatics. Uh, we've got a whole list of those. Um, and you can go back to our previous episodes and, and listen to, to everybody that's taking part in that. It'll take another 20 minutes for me to go through everybody. But uh, just go to our Instagram, our Facebook, um, the companies that are participating. They've all, they're all posting it. They've got links there. Uh, and you've got until Christmas Eve to uh, to do this. So time's ticking. Not much time left. How many days is that, guys? Like nine? Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and a wake up. There you go. There you go. So <laughs> this is your wake That's up the, call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time's ticking to uh, to enter. So if you haven't done it, <clears throat> do it now. Tell your buddy. Tell a friend. Uh, you know, maybe. Uh, make that somebody's uh, Christmas present. I don't know. <laughs> Enter them to win uh, one of these prize packages. So that's my news. That's my big news. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot since the last episode of Lead Heads other than uh, I've been hunting, been out in the field, so I've been isolated, secluded. Uh, haven't haven't kept up much with what's been going on. So hopefully uh, these two guys can, can get me caught up on uh, the latest and, and greatest of what's going on. Uh, but I do hear that talking lead jack wagon train rolling in. So I think it's time to take care of some jack wagons and honor some heroes. So Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train, the train has stationed. And uh, we do have some jack wagons. Uh, that we need to take care of. And uh, just to get the ball rolling, I typically let my guests go first, but I'll, I'll kick us off here. And um, let's find my post. This was a, like an Instagram or Facebook post or something like that that I saw. And it, was, it has to do with Santa and Christmas. So basically <laughs> the gist of the story was this, uh, this kid went up to Santa in the mall. You know how they have... Uh, dudes dressed up like Santa and you send your kids up there and, you know, they're typically frightened because this is the, you know, the most powerful person that they've ever met in their lives, uh, you know, and they're wet in their pants and they're crying and they're scared to death, but the parents are still, you know, just forcing them to go up and talk to Santa and <laughs> tell, tell them what they want for Christmas. Uh, traumatic experience. Uh, you can tell about my tra- my childhood. Um but anyway, this one kid uh, goes up to Santa, no problem. I mean, he's not scared or anything like that. Uh, and Santa asks him what he wants, and he says, you know, I'd like to have um, uh, he, some Nerf gun. I don't know. He rattles the name off of this Nerf gun. And, and the Santa, Santa goes, oh, no, no guns, no guns. Uh, he goes, what else would you like to have? And, and you hear the parents in the background, they say, it's a Nerf gun. To this Santa, it's like, hey, dude, lighten up. And he's like, oh no, no Nerf, no, no guns whatsoever. Nerf guns. What else would you like to have? And he rattles off this list of stuff. 
you know, like you can have this, 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 or this, you know, which one do you want? Uh, and he's kind of, the Santa's kind of a dick about it. You, know, you can hear in his voice, he's kind of getting short with the kid. And, you know, at this time, the kid's looking at his parents and looking back at Santa is like, you know, this ain't the guy you described to me as, as <laughs> who Santa is. Uh, and then of course, ultimately the kid burst into tears. <laughs> he starts, you know, bawling and, and whatnot. So this video went viral. Um, you know, everybody saw it. Uh, everybody's, you know, that's pro, you know, program pro two A. And even some people, you know, they were just like, this guy was a dick. You know, he's Santa's not supposed to do that. He's supposed to encourage, you know, dreams and wishes of of children. Uh, so apparently, NRA stepped in, and uh, <laughs> they showed up at this kid's house with a real Santa. And uh, pretty much any Nerf toy you can think of, the kid got, you know. Uh, and they, of course, use that to their, um, you know, for their reasons, political reasons, advertising reasons. And they did a big video on it and, and whatnot. Um, but anyway, uh, that's Santa, you know, and Santas that are like him that, uh, you know, that's not the job of these people at these malls. They're just supposed to sit there and listen and say, yeah, you know, you're going to get that for Christmas you know, kind of thing, and, and not impose their personal opinions or political views on on these children. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Supposedly, this, this Santa was fired, lost his job. Uh, the mall stepped in, and I think the mall sent the kid uh, some guns and stuff. So apparently he's getting truckloads of Nerf guns from everybody around the, the country now, and they're donating them to needy kids and whatnot. So, you know, some good came out of it uh, in the long run. Uh, but yeah, definitely people like that, um, that, that use their power, their positions of power, you know, to impose it on the naive, uh, definitely deserve a ride on the jack wagon train. Oh, I agree, agree wholeheartedly. The job of the Santa in the, in the mall is to make kids happy and get them excited about Christmas and the things that are coming their way, adding politics to that. It's crazy. It's like we've got a, you know, my jack wagon piece going forward is the school district that I'm from, Ashland School District here in Ashland, Oregon. A great school district, raised in it, loved it, thought it was doing the right thing. Right now, they've got a Black Lives Matter signs up everywhere. Not an issue, but from my perspective, but it's not the job of schools to be political. Yeah. They need to educate. So it's not putting their role. that up, having that on, I mean, that... That's adding that political side to things that don't need to have a political spin. You know, you're there to educate young men and women and 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 to help them move forward and to give them options, not to say this is what you must believe, because when you put something up on a billboard or a sign, that's what you're saying. So yeah. I mean, it just <clears throat> but that falls that in with their indoctrination courses. Oh, I, and I agree with what, what Dwight says 100 percent from the indoctrination side of the house. But. You know, well, you if, look if at the I, teachers just I like this kid, Santa. Yeah. You know, these teachers yeah. are imposing their political views, you know, their their personal opinions onto uh, our children. And I say yeah. Archer, I don't have children, but other people's children. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have yeah. nephews and, and, and nieces, and and I've got a millennial who lives in Portland. So it's 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 an ever. It, it it's an interesting conversation when we have have the the time and and energy to talk to each other, her perspective on life versus my perspective on life. You know, one of the things that you struggle with, I think, as a parent is 
you want to teach your kids to think on their own, to be this great person and to do that. But when they make their own decisions and do things that you don't exactly agree with, that's part of that process. So sometimes you got to back up and go, well, I taught her to do that. I taught her to think on her own. I taught her to make her own decisions and do that. And you're not always going to agree with them. So um, it's, it's interesting from that perspective. Her, her take on what happens in Portland, Oregon, and our take from down here in the south of what's going on in Portland, Oregon. So, yeah. but, you, but, but you have to just be kicking yourself in the butt. It's like, where did I go wrong? That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But then, like I said, you got to go back to that idea. Hey, we've taught her to be this way. You know, she's her, her handle still is Army Brat One. So, I mean, she's, she's got all you know she's got all these experiences in life and have been all over the place and so to say that free decision, will free will baby yeah, she's got it she's got it and you, that and, you know, and as a parent that makes you extremely proud well i was going to say as long as they're still open to debate and yes. you know once they get to the point where they're oh uh-uh that's wrong this is the only way then it's like okay you're no longer liberal you're a leftist and, um, you know, that's, you know, well, that's where all, in my opinion, that's where all the indoctrination is taken this country is to make it socialist. And it, that just, to me, it's like, seriously, man, no socialist countries have ever survived, Yeah, you know, and, yes. uh, we're the longest lasting Republic right now, which, right. uh, and, you know, as they said, you know, a, a nation divided will cave in on itself, and we're pretty uh, divided right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 yeah. pretty close. Well, and, and it's like I tell my daughter; she's twenty six years old. She's not married. She she pays her bills. She does everything, you know, that she needs to do, and 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 she's doing great in life. And so, where she was at twenty six, and where I was at twenty six, are two totally different spaces. And so she can have those thoughts. She doesn't have, uh, you know, if she had a child or something, there may be a different reaction from me through her political views right now. But yeah. she can she can do, that. I, you know, I, I can accept that. And like Dwight said, as long as she's open and listens, which she does most of the time, <laughs> then we're okay. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> so what about you guys? You got any jack wagons? Uh, yeah, I've... Had a boy. I knew Dwight would have one. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, the thing is, I, I got to choose, you know, because there's so, so freaking many, <laughs> you know, right now. I mean, I, I could go with uh, Governor Sparkle Pony out here in California. <laughs> um, and I, I didn't coin that phrase. I, I saw some lady did this online, and I was like, man, I, I like that. So uh, that's what I've been going yeah. with them. You know, but you know, like Gavin Newsom's a, a a true idiot, just like his aunt, uh, Nancy Pelosi, and um, oh my God, I didn't know they were related. So they are related. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and our sense. governor, and our governor in Oregon is related too. Yeah, so they're all. I mean, there you go. Yeah, so the nepotism's <laughs> running deep. Yeah, you know, so it it's. There's just so many, you know, to me right now, it's the the majority of the Democratic Party is a, a jack wagon because they've brought this farce upon our country right now, which was this fraudulent election. And, um, uh, you know, it's uh, 
uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, and, and, and my opinion is if uh, Biden is the one that is put in there and we lose those two seats in Georgia to the Democrats, um, then you will see a completely divided country because hey, they're going to come for my guns. Um, when do they not? It'll be, you know, when do they not? It, it, it wouldn't be a cold dead hand. It'd be a dead warm hand unless <laughs> they just let me lay around for a while. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, they got to kill you first, <laughs> you know, and, and you'll have a big backing behind you. So, um, I, I don't really see it coming to that. Uh, I really don't. They've, Historically, they've always come for our guns. You know, the Obama administration, when they first started off, they had complete control of everything. And, you know, they just completely, you know, dropped the ball or, you know, we stymied them. I don't know what it was, but they didn't get anything done, thank God. Well, yeah. Well, thankfully, but we didn't have the leftists that came in with that freshman class of two years ago with uh, uh, AOC and Rashid and Ilhan Omar and Presley, you know, those four. And um, they're just hot you know, bags. They're just, just hot bags of air is all they are. Yeah, but that's they're the ones that uh, they are hot bags, but uh, there's a lot of people that are listening to them, unfortunately. Yeah. And there's too many, you know, kids, the, the millennials and all in school, because they keep talking about college is a it's a right and no, mm. education is, education is, yeah, you'll get educated, but that doesn't mean going to college is a right, you know, yeah. that's a privilege. And, um, get educated, just, uh, you know, life, life education. Yeah. But yeah, so, I agree you see, with you. I got a yeah. lot of jack wagons. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it runs deep. It runs deep. And, you know, we've, we've obviously covered, uh, those jack wagons in in California and New York and Chicago and, uh, you know the deserving areas there, especially the the hypocritical ones that like to impose yep. impose the uh, the Gestapo rules, but they don't like to follow them themselves personally. Yep. So uh, you know it kind of falls into you know you're talking about they're coming to take our guns. Uh, my next jack wagon, you know the ATF uh, has been in the news lately uh, attacking the company Polymer Eighty. Uh, and they're in California also, I do believe. Yep. It's a California-based company. Uh, I haven't really heard much, um, you know, as far as specifics goes, but they've been accused of uh, their kits that they sell. Um, the ATF has designated them as not uh, 80 percenters, which an 80, you know, an 80 percent is another made-up term. It's just it's it's a kit. It's a you know to go and, and make a gun, which is completely legal. In the United States, you can do that. You can make your own firearms uh, for your own personal use. You can't turn around and sell those. Uh, then you need to serialize them. But I mean, you can still do that. Um, but it's completely legal, not against the law, to to do that. And the ATF uh, is, is has designated polymer 80s the kits, their specific kits, as being firearms. Um, so they're attacking them for taxes. Um, Again, selling firearms, uh, all you know, a whole big trumped-up list of things that they're they uh, have charged them with, or at least use that as their means to go in and check their books. Now, I've also since heard that they're going after the customers 
you know, they asked they asked for the customer list and all the people that had bought them, and um, they're, I, I guess they're following up with the customers as well. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's a lawsuit that's been brought against them for the ghost guns used uh, being used in a, a shooting in California. That uh, they're uh, help you know uh, helping to push forward. So that kind of started um, all this was that um, the murder that happened with the the eighty percent guns that somebody used. Is that yes? And again, ghost gun is a, another term that the liberals have made up to. To you know, um, spark fear and terror in in, in uh, individuals who don't know into ignorant yeah. individuals. Another idiot in California, right? In the legislature, came up with that term. Yeah, yeah. Our, it's been several years ago. Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember the dude's name, but yeah, I specifically remember him standing up there in front of his whiteboard and you know trying to de- describe a. Um, a multi-clip magazine. <laughs> type. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. Um, but that story, uh, again, and you can go to Polymer 80s uh, social media, and they've made a statement there, and basically they're just saying, hey, you know, we're complying to the, to the letter of the law uh, for things that they're, I guess, requesting. They're trying to be cooperative, but if things, you know, they deem – unlawful they're not i guess they're not cooperating they've got attorneys involved and you know it's a big mess it's it's a huge mess and you know this on the hills i just received a uh 80 percent handgun kit from um 80 percent arms another company similar to to polymer 80 uh and you know again i don't see anything in there that would designate to make it a you know a firearm you know, because I have to go in, I still have to mill out and, uh, you know, do the work that's required to, to make it my own. So Right. You know, I mean, the thing is on, on you know, the, the 80 percenters and like with Palmer, I mean, all these companies are following the line of the law that as it was written. And then what happens, you get the these jack wagon lawmakers that now put another law on the books you know, in the state, which is what had happened in California with Polymer 80, but it's like, no, we're following the federal law, you know, so um, more laws, you know, instead of fixing the original law, they put other laws on the books. And that's why, you know, in every state and federal, there are so many laws that now start contradicting each other. Um, but, but that's but then kind you've of got, another thing. Then you've got the ATF that, you know, they're this this entity that just seems to have no <clears> oversight <throat> or or regulation, and they can just do whatever the, the hell they want to do. And one day they can decide that it's this, and the next day they can decide that it's this. You know, <clears> the <throat> perfect example is, you know, they just went after uh, Q for their, their honey badger and the brace. Uh, you know, the you know, the same thing they're doing with, with Polymer 80. They went after Q, raided them, uh, you know, said that they were making firearms and they had to pay all these taxes and they had to do all this. And, uh, of course, you don't hear more anything else about that. I think they backed off of that and have since dropped that. Uh, so now they found a new target and they're going after the, the Polymer 80 here. But the ATF um, knows good and well that, what polymer 80 is doing is is within the laws you know they just decided 
some jack wagon there just decided that, oh, uh, because I'm getting heat because of this this murder that took place, somebody used one of these, uh, I guess we better make a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction and make it look like we're doing something kind of bullshit. Yeah, don't, don't, don't go after the guy that used the gun because, you know, I'm sure that um, 80%er gun put itself together and jumped up in that dude's hand and <laughs> yeah. fired the trigger itself. Oh, yeah. You know, um, well, it's I a mean, ghost my car gun. drives around by itself all the time. It's a ghost gun. <laughs> you know, it can do yeah. that. It's a ghost gun. <laughs> so uh, another thing to keep your eyes on, Leadheads, the, the Polymer 80 story, and we'll bring you more to that as it uh, develops. I've actually reached out to the guys at 80% Arms uh, and see, to see if they would be willing to come on and just kind of give their um, insight on that and talk about their product, too. Uh, I, I doubt I'll be able to get in touch with the Polymer 80 people. I think they're probably way too busy <laughs> uh, <laughs> dealing with their own shit. But if anybody knows anybody at Polymer 80, they want to come on the show, I would love to have them on. Uh, they are welcome. Talkinglet.gmail.com. Shoot me an email. So um, that's really the, the main two uh, topics that I wanted to get there as far as our jack wagons go. Now, do you guys have any other ones you want to? That, that our leadheads need to be aware of some other stuff that's going on out there. No, not that, uh, not that's new. Yeah. Well, I think you've covered it. other than Ted Wheeler's, uh, issue, the, the mayor of Portland and his red house. So I don't know if you're Ooh, familiar uh-uh. with what's going on in Portland again. So there's, Do tell. there's this red, there's this red house and it's somewhere in the Portland area and they've made it an autonomous zone. The, the, the protesters have. And so Ted Wheeler, who has let all this stuff happen in Portland, all these days of protests, has now decided to slap his children and say they can no longer have this red house and make it an autonomous zone. So he started to move in his police and started to do some things. So was well, this, this like is, in Seattle where they, yes, they yes, took over that city house? Bar? And so what they've said is the people that live in this house were illegally kicked out of this house. Well, the truth is, is the house got foreclosed on because they didn't make the payments and they didn't do the things they were supposed to do. So it got occupied by the protesters and they've made it an autonomous zone. <laughs> and now Ted Wheeler, the, the, the new elected mayor of Portland, which is another story. Why would you reelect somebody who allowed your city, middle of your city to be destroyed for 100 some days? But the people in Portland did. So now he's trying to slap his children who did whatever they wanted to for hundred some days and say, now, now you can't, you can't have an autonomous zone and we're going to take it back. And so, but, but what if we painted it blue? Person. Well, I don't know. Maybe if we painted it blue, <laughs> it would be a whole different story. Yeah. But it's just, Kurt, it's I, I just democracy piece that just yeah. really drives me crazy. Absolutely. It's like, it's the mask hypocrisy of, them being able to be downtown and me, I can't walk into a grocery store without the mask issue becoming a piece. You know, it's just, it's just, it's the hypocrisy that just kills me. And you were talking about, you know, we were just down in California and the San Jose mayor puts out all this stuff and then he's got to come back and admit, oh, I didn't do any of the stuff I told you to do at Thanksgiving. I went and did my own damn thing. It's like the mayor of Austin who sends a message from Mexico to the people of Austin, Texas, stay home. You know, da da da. But I'm in Mexico. I mean, yeah. I really don't give a crap one way or another if 
if they do it and if they come out and say, I, be free, you know, uh, one of the things I had the opportunity to do this summer was go to South Dakota. It was a breath of fresh air to be in South Dakota and they love their governor there. And she says, do the right thing. Be personally responsible and do the right thing. Use common um, sense. And yes, yes. And I wish we would use that to an extent here on the West Coast, but we just we just seem to well, fail at that yeah. right and left. Well, well, common sense has been lost in millennialhood somewhere. Um, <laughs> but Kurt, I just need to correct you. Okay. You know, uh, that in Portland they haven't been protesters. They've been rioters, okay? Rioters. Okay, right. I agree with that it's, statement. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's a good... There, there I, has I've been, been indoctrinated. I've been yeah. indoctrinated. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you hear something over and over and over and over and over again, yeah. even if you yeah. don't believe in it. I mean, it, yeah. it's effective. Yeah. It oh, is yeah. effective. That's what the media does, you know? Follow so. that script that's been written for you. Uh, I yeah. just fell into it. Yeah. All right, so let's get off our jack wagon train here. Uh, I think I think we had plenty there. Um, if you have a jack wagon you want to nominate, talkinglead at gmail.com. Just put jack wagon uh, or something like that in the subject so I'll know what it is, and we'll read yours on the air. And let me just double check and make sure you guys haven't sent any in um, that I'm overlooking here. Uh, well, yeah, here's one right here. So... <laughs> Let's let's do a listener submitted one before we uh, send off the jack wagon train here. This is from our good friends over at uh, uh, Guns, Oil, and Dirt, uh, and that's a podcast. And he yep. sent in he sent in some more before um, Evan over there. So he says he purchased ammo from FirearmsAmmos dot com. He made a payment and never heard from them again. Just want everyone to learn from my mistake. Ammo price was too good to be true, and it wasn't. <laughs> the company is a fraud and gives a bad name to the firearms industry. Love the show. Keep on keeping on. Evan from Guns, Oil, and Dirt Podcast. So, uh, Evan, damn, dude, I'm sorry. I've never heard of that company. Um, I mean, if you've never bought from yeah. them before, probably you know you want to do your due diligence. Um, just like from any company, I mean, you're buying shoes, you're buying whatever. Um, if you've never bought from them before, do a little research. Uh, but yeah, that is sad. Uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, maybe they're just short and they'll end up sending it to you. But man, I hate to hear that. Yeah, cause, they're cause, probably related to the uh, N95 mask company and that Newsom <laughs> sent a billion dollars to and hadn't gotten a mask yet. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably split it with them. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Split that money with them. All right, so that does it for the Jack Wagon Train. Get it out of here, Gunny, and let's honor some heroes. Air Force One is with you 12 miles on the ILS. X-ray, 1-6 rate, final. Air Force One, contact Reno Tower, 118.7. Have a good day. Air Force One, push Tower, good day. Lead Force One is taxiing in, and um, we're going to start with Ron. Ron. <laughs> All right, you already know where I'm going with this now. We're going to start with Dwight, uh, and uh, Dwight, you've got a couple of heroes that we need to, to honor. Um, yeah, well, you know, one, he's uh, he, he's the guy that turned me on to you, Ron Bellin. Uh, 
Reaper Zero One. It's um, uh, shit. Still, not a day goes by. Yeah, it's tough. Um, man. <clears throat> yeah, it is. But um, you know, his daughter Stephanie has started the Reaper Legacy Foundation, and um, what she wants to do is to, you know, her dad took her hunting and fishing and um you know along with uh you know a bunch of his uh uh teammates you know and that shaped a lot of her life being able to from an early age hunt and fish and learn the the right ways and all and so that's pretty much what the reaper legacy foundation she wants to continue that tradition going on and um so that's that's brand new that's just something she got going in October. So, uh, and then, uh, she hadn't even had to have their first real, um, kickoff party yet because of, you know, this Chinese virus BS. Yeah. Uh, Wuhan. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, Ron, as we all know, he was bigger than life. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, just let Steffi know anything that I can do to, to help her. And, um, and do you have the website know, for that? ReaperLegacyFoundation.com. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, you let us go to ReaperLegacyFoundation.com. I'm, I'm there right now. I'm looking at it and, uh, it's, you know, Ron's right there on the, the front page. Got his eye patch, <laughs> <laughs> his, his signature trademark. But yeah, you can go there and talk about their programs, what they're about, how you can uh, how you can donate. They do fundraisers, special events, and things like that. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I've uh, I haven't been able to get in touch with any of his family since uh, you know he he passed away. So that's great that they started that foundation. Yeah, they've uh, she's she's done that and. And if you need to talk to John, let me know. I, uh, his brother, I can get you in touch with him, too. Yeah, I would love to uh, talk with him again. It's been a long time since I've talked to John. Uh, they're one of the first people that we met when we got into doing this podcast. It was at the uh, Dallas NRA uh, back in 20, I guess it was 2012, 2013, something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. and they were, they were some of the first people that we ever met. We met Ron and, um, Doug, Doug was there yeah. and uh, his brother and it seemed like there was another guy. There might've just been the three of them at the time, but, uh, the Reaper outdoors, Reaper 01, Reaper 02, Reaper 03. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ron, and then one other foundation, it's the C4, C4 Foundation, uh, Charlie Keating, um, who is uh, another SEAL who was killed May 3rd of uh, 2016. And um, uh, he was, uh, it, it was kind of unique. I found out at his, uh, well, real quick, he was going to the University of Indiana running track and um and you know, Chuck uh, was a, a a true waterman. Uh, he he loved uh, free diving uh, for you know uh, 
going for fish and whatever. And, uh, he, Chuck always had this just big old grin on his face. I, you know, just lit up a room when he walked in and, um, is he another so, one of those giants like you and Ron, you know, was he like six foot forever? And <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, and it's, he's, uh, was really thin. I mean, he was just wiry, yeah. you know? And, um, after right when he had, uh, passed a, a shirt company out here in Coronado called URT, U-R-T, had, had, they did this shirt for him where, um, on one of Chuck's first platoons, uh, he had, a his, um, the 60 gun. Well, I still call it the 60, the 249 Bravo. Right. right? And, Is that um, why they called him Chuck heavy. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, he was, he was carrying that and had the, you know, the bandoliers cross his chest and, um, uh, and, and then it was funny, you know, some people said, well, he liked Budweiser. So he, he did that. And it's funny. I mean, I was talking with his dad, C3 and, and we we're like, well, I always saw him drinking Coors Light, but, um, uh, you know, he, <laughs> at times he, he drank that, but, um, so they have the C4 foundation going and what that does is it, they have got a ranch now out here, um, just east of San Diego, uh, in the mountains. And, um, it's, it's set up as a retreat for the SEAL families. When guys come back, you know, little time decompress with the families Nice. away from everything that's smart um you know they've they've got some you know different animals out there and um some fishing they got a, a you know small lake pond Very um nice. and it's just it it's set up to get the families out there to spend some time with one another reconnect and um you know chuck had gotten married right before he went on his last appointment, mm. which was just a, a quick little wedding just, uh, that they had kind of kept secret. And, um, uh, but you know, so Chuck was just, yeah, I mean, he, you know, like, you know how Ron would, li you know, light up a room, oh, yeah. you know, but you know, Ron commanded attention, whereas Chuck would just walk in and you, and you would, you noticed him, you yeah. know, he, he just, I mean, had a smile that lit up the room. And I, I remember one time he was over at the house and he walks in, he, he says, hi. And, um, my wife, Jen was uh, doing some laundry. He goes, um, uh, Miss Settle, can I, uh, help you fold the laundry? She goes, do you want to fold old ladies panties? <laughs> and he was, no, not really. He goes, all right, well, <laughs> just, I didn't think you did. So thanks for offering anyway, you know? that's what he would do. You know I mean? Just little things like that, you know? And, um, so, you know, those are just remain, uh, two heroes of mine and with their now foundations to keep their memories going. Um, and they're both really good causes, Absolutely. Uh, because then they're both related to, you know, families, which is, you know, very important. Because as Kirk can attest to, when when we deploy, you know, when the 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 guys deploy and the the wives at home or now even husbands, you know, at the the family unit back has to continue on, and um, 
you know, nowadays the guys can, it's not like when I deployed back in, you know, with Columbus, um, <laughs> you know, and the wooden sailing ships and all that, uh, we had to rely on letters or, you know, you'd, you'd pull into port and s stand in line for 45 minutes to do a phone call that costs you, uh, you'd call collect from the Philippines <laughs> or someplace and <laughs> didn't have those sat phones in huh? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Didn't have Facebook and uh and <laughs> Skype and right. The luxuries <laughs> yeah. that we have today. Yeah. Yeah, Those great smoke signals. Definitely great foundations that you lead heads need to get behind. Uh, ReaperLegacyFoundation.com. That's the one for Ron Bellin. And then uh C four, that's the letter C, the number four foundation.org. Um, and that's the one for uh, Charlie Humphrey Keating the fourth, which is where you get C four. That's where they come up with uh, the C four. That's cool. Yeah. Not just uh, explosive, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very cool. Now those are definitely um, uh, well worthy of Lead Force One. So uh, those guys are definitely going to get a ride. Did you have anyone else? Um, no. Well, uh, just. Uh, one, another we continue on is with Sal. Um, you know, I hit for, for Ron and, um, he had introduced me to him and, uh, I, I like what, what they do with the guys. And, um, you know, there's, uh, man, there's so many that we kind of play with that, you know, even, you know, seal legacy and, um, uh, Special Operation Warrior Foundation for all kids that uh, a parent had died, you know, who's in spec ops, their education is going to be taken care of. So it doesn't matter if it was in battle or training, their children's um, secondary education and all um, is covered by that foundation. So. Very good. And we've done yeah, some I, things I, with the uh, yeah. SEAL Legacy Foundation in the past. Um, Commander Mark McGinnis. Yep. All great uh, organizations. Uh, you know, I just ask that you let heads, you know, if you can't do them all, pick one and, you know, get behind them. Definitely. No doubt. Yep. What about you, uh, Kurt? You've got some heroes, uh, I do believe. I do. I do have some heroes and some of the, the nonprofits that at Task Fabrication we support. One of the things that I've heard thrown around a lot lately is it only takes a generation to forget. So one of the groups that we got behind in the, in the story actually goes back to uh, probably a, a senior captain, junior major. I don't remember what I was at the time. And the chaplain assistant put his arms around me and said, I think you maybe need a little help in life uh, with uh, some of your temper things and some of the things going on, what you were doing, which turned into a lifetime uh, friendship with a with a retired master sergeant now named Bill Kamer. Uh, Bill retired as the head of all chaplains for the Army National Guard out of uh, Washington, D.C. And when he retired, he ended up uh, running a foundation called Chapel of the Four Chaplains. And I don't know if the people out there know the four chaplain story, but in World War II, there's four chaplains that board a boat, the Dorchester, on their way to Greenland. And a short story, the boat gets torpedoed. Uh, up near Greenland on its way to Iceland, uh, and the four chaplains in the process give away all of their equipment as all the soldiers are going overboard. 
handing out their gloves, giving the soldiers their their life vests, all those pieces. And the story goes that as the boat is going down and the soldiers that actually live look back, uh, the 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 four chaplains are holding hands and singing hymns as the as the boat goes down. Uh, it's a pretty famous story, at least from an army standpoint, and most of the military people you talk to have heard the story. Um, but after, because of that story, they created what's called the Chapel of the Four Chaplain Foundation. And that foundation now resides in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the old Navy shipyard. So they've occupied one of the old Navy chapels. And if you're familiar with military chapels, are all the same. Look the same. They got a big spear, uh, you know, a chapel on the top, and then long. Uh, and Bill Kamer is now running that foundation. And he came to us as Task Fabrication and said, "Hey, can you help me a raise some money and b with the metal stuff that you guys make? Let's work on um, a memorial and some survivor plaques and moving forward that way." So we've been working with with the chapel. Uh, and we've created two signs that go with donations to that, that, that we send to the chapel and the chapel sends out. And we are now working with them specifically on a survivor plaque. So not, I think, depends on what you read. There was 900 or some soldiers on that ship and 250 some survived. So we're working on creating a plaque, uh, big plaque, obviously, that'll go up, a memorial that'll go up in the chapel that 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 shows all those those survivors so when when the relations of the people that survived come through they have you know a place to see their loved ones as it's posted and what's up there. the website um, for this organization the, the the website for that is fourchaplains.org f-o-u-r take you right to, yep fourchaplains.org okay yeah. and that'll take you to the foundation itself um so that that's one of the things we do uh, so that's that's one of mine. My others is locally here. We we have partnered with a group called David's Chair, and what David's Chair does is takes not only veterans but anybody who is in a wheelchair, and they have gone out and purchased track chairs, chairs that enable those veterans to stand up, shoot, do bow and arrow, um, go out on the beach, do things with their families. Um, so that that appeals to us from the task fabrication standpoint. And there's two great people that run that organization, Casey Moore and Casey's a quadriplegic and he is in a wheelchair all the time, but always has a smile on his face is always working hard and always cares a hell of a lot more about other people than he does about himself and the ability to make that happen. And then the, the CEO of the nonprofits named is Steve first. And Steve is a local police officer here and just does a phenomenal job from a fundraising perspective to get people involved. And, and, and I'm going to add something here. We, we went to the fundraiser that they had this year. They always have a raffle and a dinner and, you know, drinks. And it, it's always a blast. But as I looked around and as people are, at least in our neck of the woods, banging on police officers and, that, and, and how terrible are, as I looked around, 99% of the people that were at that fundraiser to care about other people were either police officers, locally, sheriff, state police, retired military people that I know that were taking their hard-earned money and donating it towards a great cause. So I, I take some real issue with 
you know, the police being bad or, or even them not being some of the greatest people that I've ever been in contact with. But I re- go back to the fact that um, David Chair has, has approached us to make an overland trailer. So one of the things we do at Task Fabrication is we take things and make them bigger and badder, I like mm-hmm. to say. So one of the ideas that we had is they have these little trailers and they can get them to trailheads and allow these people to go out in the trailheads. And so, but what we came up with an idea is we're going to build this trailer and you're going to be able to drive the wheelchairs up into it and then take it maybe into the backcountry a little farther Okay. and have some beds and some, the ability to sleep. It's yeah. not going to be a big trailer, but it'll have a pull-out kitchen and all those things. So that's the next project we're working with um, David's chair on is to create this overland trailer. So, you know, like I said, it's nice to get to a trailhead, but there's always a million people at a trailhead. Sure. How about you get back into the woods somewhere where it's just you and your family and you can camp like the, re- like, like the rest of us do. So it, yeah. we're excited to be part of that organization also moving forward. And then um, these guys do a great job of producing themselves, but I, I'm actively involved with the Veterans of Foreign Wars and we work with the Veterans of Foreign Wars um, doing metal artwork that Zach Koble, who's our design guy, comes up with. And he does just some incredible stuff. Um, and we donate those signs to the VFW so that they can then do raffles and make money to support veterans. So we do. We did some real. We've done for two years. We've done the signs that they've raffled at Sturgis. Um, this year we're working with them on the Daytona bike week rally so we're doing some signs for that too so that's something else that we're proud of and and everybody in that organization should be, yeah. across the board that's awesome everybody yeah everybody in that organization across the board is great to work with they're all ex-veterans and they they really really care and you know now are you a harley guy give their heart and say i am not a harley guy not um, yet not yet right? not yet I, I don't have hair like dwight so my <laughs> issue is is that it just doesn't when I'm on a bike, I just don't get that flow thing that, that happens sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. Plus, I, I can't get my wife to get on the back of the bike with me, and half of the fun would be, you know. Get her own bike. Around. I know. Well, I could do that, too. I could get her her own bike. I don't know if she'd decide about that either. Or you could so, build, you could um, fabricate a sidecar. <laughs> we could fabricate. You know what? We were just talking about that you're a fabricator. Right. I just fabricate a sidecar for it. Boom. We go cruise it. We can go cruising all over to different bike weeks. That'd there be awesome. Go. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, you can make it a full roll cage. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Exactly. Oh. Uh, I, I think Put the fact that I there. that I used to blow sh- stuff up for a living. Yeah. She's not all about riding on a motorcycle with me. <laughs> she didn't trust you that much, yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> what what about you, Dwight? Are you uh are you a Harley guy? Uh no, I'm 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 not. Uh, uh, had ridden a while in the back, and uh, you know, some years back. But uh, I, uh, the house I live in right now, we don't have a garage, and we're five blocks from the ocean, and I just wouldn't want to have one that sits outside. Yeah, all the time, you know, and um, especially just kind of with my traveling and everything, it would sit there. Uh, neglected because no one else would, you know, wipe it down. And so I just was like, now, and till I get a garage. And for some reason, my wife doesn't let me put in a garage. <laughs> for um, some reason, she just won't let you. <laughs> Probably because she doesn't want you having a bike, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's, she, that's she, she didn't like me, you know, 
Yeah, she didn't like all all the skydiving and uh, you know all the other stuff I did. You know, because uh, when I, I retired out of the military, I'd uh, kept skydiving for a while. So uh, uh, you know, she was like, "Okay, that that that's enough." Yeah. So well, let's let's do that now. Let's uh, let's wrap up our lead head brigade. Here. Did you do all the ones you wanted to do, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. I touched on the main three that that we support and that. that okay. Uh, I think it's be a good segue into uh, into our next segment here. So uh, let's find out more about these guys, and uh, let's get the planes and the trains out of here. And uh, we're going to start the you die, you die, you die. and sometimes a girl. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll keep with Dwight here. So Dwight. Um, and, and Kurt, we both know that you've got military background. So, Dwight, talk about um, your military background. What, what got you uh, interested in the military to begin with? Uh, leaving home. Just getting the hell out, huh? <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty much. Uh, when I was, uh, I, I, for some reason, was always fascinated with ships and stuff, you know. And um, at uh, 17, my my mom had sent some stuff off for the, to the Navy recruiter. So all this stuff's coming in. And, uh, at, at 18, actually me and another guy, uh, uh, went down there and talked to him and, you know, actually did the test and did everything. We were just about to sign up and we went out into the car and, um, uh, remember, and this was in 1977. Oh, that, so, give us uh, some perspective. Yeah, okay. I didn't want to yeah. tell yeah. your age. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was 1977, eight. and I was uh, eight. Um, yeah, I was only I was only six. Uh, <laughs> I was I was gonna say I was six. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was 18, and um, we went out and uh, you know t- don't take it bad. But at the time, hey, we smoked a joint. I did inhale. And we said, you know what? I, I don't think I want to join the military, <laughs> you know? So, um, we left. Well, a year later, I, I called him up and said, uh, you know, I was, uh, accepted to, um, I was able to get into Texas A&M. I was going to be able to try to walk on to the football program, which is what I wanted to do. I, I loved playing football, and uh, uh, I was a defensive back. And uh, uh, but all of a sudden, some stuff had happened, and I was like, you know what? Ninety miles, College Station was only ninety miles away from my house in Houston, and I was that's not far enough away from home. I I need to get a little further away, and uh, so I called the recruiter and told him I wanted to join the Navy. I just wanted to, I asked him what the programs were and he was like, you can come in for four years and then have two years inactive, or you could come in for three years and have three years active reserve, you know? And I was like, no, I want to do my four years and then I want to be done with you guys. I don't, you know, (laughs) don't want anything else. So I'll come in for four and, um, you know, do that. Well, my recruiter did take care of me. You know, he wasn't the horror stories that you hear from a lot. Yeah, you, you know? don't hear a lot of good stories, yeah. No, but my recruiter, who was soon to retire, he he took care of me. And uh, because a new, 
new guy came after me and tried to get me to go there. And, but my recruiter knew I only wanted to do four years. So he let the guy talk as much as he wanted to. Right. And once I found out it was a <clears throat> six year commitment, I was like, no, sorry, dude, not doing that. Well, fortunately I was, I didn't know anything about the teams. You know, I mean, I'd seen the movie, you know, Frogman, and you'd seen the. wasn't a lot the, about the, them uh, back then either, you know, like there is today. Yeah, no, yeah. but you'd seen the Frogman jump in to recover the capsules, you know, from the moonshots and the, the you know, the, the whole Gemini, uh, Mercury, and um, Apollo programs. Thank you for saying Gemini too, not Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, I joined the Navy, and fortunately, I was uh, in a, a an open rating. And um, on two one day in the military, when they were the second week, first day, they were introducing us to uh, physical education. Uh, they showed us this recruiting film because they only recruited for the teams from within the military. And um, it was a movie showing guys. Uh, they call it someone special. I like to call it someone stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to do this stuff, you know, but, uh, it showed a guy scuba diving, skydiving, uh, blowing shit up, you know, and, uh, just shooting. And I was like, I want to do that. And, uh, I took the screening test that day. Uh, 18 of us took it. Uh, three of us passed it. The other two guys, it was their third attempt before they were leaving boot camp. And, and the, th all, the three of us all ended up being in the same buds class, um, you know, about seven months down the road. And, um, and we were all OSs too, which was operation specialists at mm -hmm. the time and, uh, went to great lakes. But, uh, so, you know, I, I basically a year and 10 days after joining the Navy, I graduated from buds and, um, now, so back I was, then was this still, was this, were they the seals at this point or were they still the UDT? Well, we had UDT. UDT-12 was my first team that I went to. Um, in 1983 was when they did away with UDT because UDT started, you know, World War II. Right. And, um, you know, just a, a brief history. It started with the NCDUs, Naval Combat Demolition Units. Uh, they had scouts and raiders. And these were guys, you know, a lot from different services, be, uh, to, you know, kind of come in. And then as World War II was going along and they were saying, OK, we're going to do amphibious landings, uh, you know, because Guadalcanal and Tarawa guys were uh, the, the Mike boats were coming up, hitting the reef. And then the, the Marines and all would run off and, you know, they're they're ashore, but they'd take five steps. And now, you know, it was a sandbar or something. And, you know, the guys were just drowning. Right. Uh, so they were like, okay, we need guys to come in and clear the way, make sure the boats get all the way to the shore. Um, so, and then in January 1st, 1962, uh, John F. Kennedy commissioned SEAL teams one and two and, uh, one's on the West coast, two's on the East coast. Two was actually commissioned three hours before, uh, uh, so but, they, they get to claim first, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, SEAL Team 1, you know, because of yeah. Vietnam, that was their um, their territory, right? Right. Uh, but both teams, you know, deployed to, to Vietnam and all. 
So in, in 83, they decided to do away with uh, UDT and SEAL teams and just make them all SEAL teams just because, you know, well, we, we still practice the amphibious stuff and uh, they're, you know, kind of bringing it back again after this 20-year war, you know, inland. So, yeah, 83, they did away with UDT. And, uh, you know, back then, you know, you would uh, talk to a, uh, the, the SEALs would, uh, or and actually you'd get this from a lot of the women too. They're, oh, you're just UDT. Because my wife told me that, <laughs> you know, first time I'd met her, she was, oh, you're just UDT. And I said, yeah, but I have a seven inch tongue and I can breathe through my ears. <laughs> you know, I'm amphibian. And uh, we've been married 38 years. And there you she go. Still that was up with my. You know, I, I don't know how she does, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's a saint for putting up with my crap, you know, so congratulations uh, on that, by the way, that's, that's unheard no, of thanks. these days. <laughs> yeah. It was a 17 year, uh, marriage while in the, in the teams, you know, um, Strong I woman right there. <laughs> well, as she said, you know, I, I was gone a lot. And uh, the what makes a successful marriage is a uh, deaf husband, blind wife. And, uh, <laughs> I was say an absentee husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, did that. Retired in January of '99. Um, nothing that had. Uh, you know, did twenty just over twenty years, and uh, you know, was we were on that. You know, the tip of the proverbial spear all the time. You know, uh, that's, you know, what you did, you, uh, you always practiced for war and then you deployed to, to be there. And, um, you know, I, I was, uh, fortunate, unfortunate never to, uh, you know, be in combat. Um, you know, so that's, uh, uh, one of those things you, um, you know, boy, I mean, you, you, you wanted it back then and, and, and I've talked to some of my buddies that, you know, had kind of come in a few years after me and then they had stayed in for, you know, 30 or all. And, you know, a couple of them were, you know, remember those chiefs we talked to, the Vietnam guys saying, you know, hey, um, it's got its ups and downs, mainly mm -hmm. downs, you know, but uh, he just said, you know, count your lucky stars, you weren't involved. So. Um, you know, that's, uh, I mean, it is what it is. You can't control that. I mean, if, if it came yeah. to it, you would have been ready and you know, done what you needed to do. Um, yeah. so what, what do you, what did you do? Um, talk about some of the things that you did, uh, cause I'm sure you had missions and things like that, even though it wasn't wartime that you can talk about. Yeah. Well, it was like one of the ones that <clears throat> it was funny. This was in, uh, 1981, we were uh, doing some stuff. Actually, well, in, in 1980, we were over uh, near Thailand. We we went and did a beach survey and stuff, and uh, we were like, I, I don't think we're in Thailand, you know, and it was a nighttime one. And then, and they pulled the same thing on us again in 81 and we had been working with the Thai seals for a week. And now all of a sudden they're like, okay, Hey, you guys are going to go in and do this beach survey. And, um, 
don't, uh, the, the Thai SEALs, they're busy. They won't be with you tonight. We're treating this as combat conditions. And just don't go up on the beach at all at this time. Like normally we would, we would go do a, uh, you know, you do a sneak and peek, um, and check it out. But they were like, mm-hmm. no, stay off the beach. Don't go on there. And, um, sure enough. I mean, it was like, uh, some people shot. I don't know if they saw us and they said, normally they will, but don't worry about it. They're just shooting blanks. But, you know, <laughs> when that piece of lead goes flying over your head. That's not it's a not a blank. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, hey, blanks don't go whizzing by, you know. So we were just like, hey, what was this for? You know, and I mean, we personally think it was in Cambodia, but they. Um, <laughs> so they didn't even tell you. They're just like, yeah, you're going to be in Thailand, but let's drop them in yeah. Cambodia. <laughs> yeah. What, know, what, and, why do you think the psychological. Um, you know what they were thinking that 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 did for you guys telling you that you're someplace that you're not and you know the danger's not there is that just well well they were you know, they were telling us treat this as it's a real condition i mean like they normally you know would but yeah. you know i mean to me i mean this is just more that you know people ask me now they're like well do you trust our government and i'm like fuck no i don't trust our government <laughs> yes. you know i mean yeah, they tell me if they're shooting blanks. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. They tell me I'm like, in Thailand, I'm in Cambodia. Come on. Yeah, it was like, look, there's a, you know, there's a swamp there, and um, you know, there's a, uh, so we'll just kind of leave, you know, that with there with the swamp. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's just it's some things, and it's like, okay, why are the, the political swamp? Is that what you're talking about, or are you talking about the actual? Yeah. Physical? Now, okay. Well. The, 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 the political, but you know, because it's it's you know, look high up in the in the the military when when these guys are uh, going to be retiring, you know, they're hey, I, I need some other income and stuff, and 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 it was even you know more so because like when 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 I retired in '99, you know, the the pay was still, you know, I mean the pay's not great, but it's a uh, way much better percentage than it was, you know, when, when, you when, when I was, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I, as I said, I, I was only joining for four years, but was in the teams and had talked to a chief. Um, you know, I'd asked him, I was like, you know, Hey chief, when, when you're, it's time to, you know, get out or re up, what do you do? And he was, and it's the, uh, best piece of advice I've gotten that I still pass on is, you know, look, you you weigh your pros and cons. And if the last three or four years, whatever your, your tour was, if it sucked and you didn't like it, then get the hell out. You know, but if, if you had a good time and there's nothing waiting for you, you know, that you can just step right into and, and it's something you want to do. Career-wise, yeah. Right. Then, then, then why not stay in? And, um, you know, it's, it, it, I kept, you know, especially that first time because, uh, had just gotten married and had a little, uh, baby and, uh, was like, Hey, you know what? Uh, it, it makes sense. Why not? You know? And it, it beats, uh, you know, I was me and another buddy were looking at going up and, uh, working up in Alaska on the crab boats, because it was like, hey, the season's coming up. 
we know we knew a guy that could get us on you know the boats and you know being uh, but, 23 you know it was like hey yeah but why not? doing what you were doing in the military versus going to a crab boat i mean that can't be well, that was appealing <laughs> no well that's why i i mean at the time you know it's one of those days when when it was like you know hey you know we it's friday afternoon and you need to clean the shitters and and all this, it's like, no, no, Friday afternoon, we're supposed to be drinking beer and, you know, yeah, not, yeah. not be here. You know, so that was one of the, the, the con days, right? You know, but when you look back at it, it was like, hey, no, the, the pros definitely outweighed the cons. And um, uh, so, yeah, I stayed in and I joined for four. I gave them an extra 16 and a half years and um, 20 years, oh, yeah. you know, total. And uh uh, I, it was, it was good. I, uh, I had a great time. Uh, got a lot of great friends, brothers, and, uh, you know, I, 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 if I got a chance to go do it all over again, I'd do the same thing. In a heartbeat, I'd, right? You know. Yeah, mean, there might be some incidents, some nights that I wouldn't do something, <laughs> you know, but, uh. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, I mean, I know the, you know, the relationships that you build there are, are probably the most uh, memorable, the strongest, the longest lasting. But as far as, you know, something that you did, you know, while you were in service, what's what's something that what's the most memorable thing that you maybe accomplished or? Well, one of the, the, the things that when people ask me that about, okay, about my service and, and it's it's sub ops. Explain Working, that. Uh, sub ops is the submarine operate. Ob, um, <laughs> so working on a submarine uh, operations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you lock out of a submarine underway, under the water, and you get to the surface, get your boats, or if you're within the SDVs, which is the the little wet sub, the swimmer delivery vehicle. Yeah. Um, you know and. Uh, so in, I, 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 the longest I spent underwater, cause I did a tour at SDV team one was 11 hours and 47 minutes without, Holy. uh, coming to the surface. And how long um, did you have to decompress for that? Oh no, no. We never got below oh, okay. uh, 35 feet, you know, okay. technically, right. <laughs> technically, um, yeah. <laughs> And, and actually on this, on this op, I mean, profile, we actually did stay at that depth. So it was, uh, you know, good. I mean, I I've been down to 60 feet on O2 when you're not supposed to be below, uh, 25, you know, but when, when you hear a, a, a loud noise over you and you can feel the water vibrating, it's like, fuck that. You're, you're going deep to hug the bottom. Right. And, uh, you're going to blend in. Yeah. 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 But, you know, locking out of a submarine, especially when you were um, during the daytime and um, especially like uh, when you're out in the Pacific where the water is just so freaking clear and blue and you're locking out, you're looking at the sub. The sub's got to travel at three knots. Can't go any faster because you get swept off mm -hmm. and they can't go any slower or they lose their bubble and either shoot to the surface or worse, shoot to a depth and you get drug along and you're sitting there looking at the screw turn and it is going so slow. It's like, man, I, I sometimes I just wanted to go back there and grab it 
and just kind of do a revolution on it, you know, right. hurry up. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things that you, you think about that. Nah, you probably shouldn't do that. You know, um, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, but not a lot of people have locked out or locked back into a moving submarine in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night, you know, um, it's a very elite and, club. Uh, it was just, uh, that was just a, a really unique, uh, yeah, thing that uh, I've done. You know that uh, I could. I've talked to a lot of people, and they're yeah, never got a chance to do that. So, uh, or you know, it was on the Navy parachute team, and we flew a tri by side through the Mississippi. I wanted to get Arts. into your parachute, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you've got extensive parachuting background. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, uh, we're able to fly a, uh, a tri-by-side through the arch there in St. Louis. That's where the, the three canopies are all in one row. And uh, Now, was this a, uh announced uh, feat? That yeah, you, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's not just one you all just decided to do on your own? Yeah. No, no, this was something, uh, yeah, we, we, we did that. That was for uh, a 4th of July demonstration flying over the top of Niagara Falls, doing the same thing on a parachute, you know, it's just, um, not a lot of people have done that, you know, and, um, that was just an awesome, uh, what's um, the highest you've jumped from? They, uh, the highest I've jumped is 25,000. God. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what's it like? You know, so when you, yeah, when you see all these TV shows where the guys are, all right, we're at 35,000 feet, put your O2 on and jump out. Uh, bullshit at 25,000 feet, <laughs> you're doing a 75 minute pre-breathe before you ever get to, um, exit, you know? Yeah. And, um, and at 35,000, it's going to be same, a little bit longer. Uh, but if they're at 35,000, if there's any leak in your seal or, or whatsoever, um, you're, you're probably not going to live, you know, 35,000 feet without O2, um, uh, just, not gonna last long. Mm -mm. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, but have you uh, done a? Um, and I know, I know the answer to this. But um, so from jumping out of the plane directly into the water. Um, yes. Yeah. Talk talk we, about one uh, of those. Well, we used to do these uh, um, uh, jumps that we called a rubber duck, where you would launch the. Uh, your zodiac, which would be in, inflated, not not completely, but uh, uh, well, the lump ducks we did out of the, uh, the the helos, and we would cast those. And the rubber ducks, you'd put it on a pallet and usually jump out of the the one thirties or the one forty ones. Now it'd be the C seventeens, um, and we did it with C fives, uh, and the, the boat goes out, you follow the boat out, and then you would uh, uh, hopefully uh, steer toward the boat. And uh, <laughs> as you could with the rounds, because with the round, you know, there's not really any steering. You know, it's just kind of, you can kind of change the direction of where you're going to run with the wind or now turn to face into the wind. But uh, that's about all you're doing with the round canopies compared with the squares. Yeah. Now you've got that. Uh, I guess flight. Yeah, it's a 25 mile hour forward uh, 
speed. And now if you're running with a 25 mile hour wind, you're doing 50 miles an hour relative across the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you jump into the water and um, have done done numerous of those. What's the highest that uh, you, you've done one of those from? Well, typically from a, when you're doing static line, you, you really don't want to go much higher than, you know, uh, especially kind of out there in the water, you want to be as close to the boat as possible. So 1,250 feet was kind of... Yeah. You're not stand- doing a halo jump and... And sub- submerging, right? No. No, we did one in Guam one time that, um, so typically you would, you would jump, kind of point yourself toward the boat, then you would start taking the, the fins off your, uh, uh, the belly band, and you got to release your um, reserve because you got a belly reserve in front of you when you're doing static line. And also this one in Guam, it was like, I was like, man, that water is really close. I barely had time to get my fins on. My reserve was still hooked on. And uh, we found out later that the air force had screwed up and, um, altimeters were missed, uh, 500 (laughs) feet because where we had, where we had taken off from was at 500 feet above, uh, sea level. So, uh, like, rah, rah, rah. Now, now you know why I give Rocky shit, Kurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh but Rocky gosh. had nothing. He wasn't a, a loadmaster or anything, you know. But <laughs> no, no, it's you know, hey, shit happens, right? You know, and uh, well, shit happens, and you either live or die. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you live to tell a story. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Kurt, let's get to you. Let's uh, let's talk about your military background. Well, it's it's tough to follow Dwight, like it always is. But so my my story kind of starts the same, except for I actually made it to college to play football because that's what I always wanted to do. So rub it in. I uh, ended up yeah ended up going to a small state college in in Oregon called Southern Oregon State College. We were NAIA football, so really small. But uh, it didn't take me very long to realize that a six foot, two hundred and twenty pound white kid wasn't going very far after playing college football. Um, but anyhow, I was out literally picking rocks in the summer off of the football field for a work study job. And this guy in a green uniform walked across the field and started talking to me because the ROTC program was right next to the football field. And he said, Hey, why don't you take this military science class next semester? You might like it. And I'm picking up rocks going, okay, whatever. It's like and shooting so, oh, fish in a barrel for that exactly. recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, uh, I took a military science class, and then uh, next thing you know, I applied for a two-year ROTC scholarship, and I got it. And there went through the last two years of college uh, with the Army paying, which was very nice. Nice, yeah. Um, then I commissioned in 1991. So... Uh, and then from there, I became initially became an infantry officer because my instructor told me that there was only one true branch in the whole United States Army, and that's infantry, and that's that's who, and that's what you needed to do. So uh, then from there, went off to Fort Benning, Georgia. We call it Fort Benning School for Boys. Uh, went through my <laughs> infantry officer basic course. Uh, had a great time. It truly was Fort Benning School for Boys. Uh, we had a bunch of second lieutenants running around having a great time. Um, so, uh, finished there. And then my first duty assignment, I was a tow platoon leader. Uh, they're 
TOW is a tubed-launched, optically-sided, wire-guided missile system. Geez, I can still remember that. With a maximum effective range of 3,750 meters. So the idea was... Is we I've actually held one of those. Have you? Yeah. The idea was is you they were mounted on top of a Humvee. You'd shoot at the, the Soviet tanks as they were moving, hopefully hit, and then put it in reverse and get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause, 'cause laughs> their closing speed was hit incredible. Run, hit so, and run. Hit and run. Hit and run. So I, I was an infantry officer for about five years, and then the Army and some of my career choices uh, changed, and they sent me to the Field Artillery Advanced Course. Uh, that was at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, where I had, that's where my daughter was born, and I just got married, and uh, actually it was a great time. But being a dumb, knuckle-dragon infantry guy, uh, the world of field artillery and math was new to me. Uh, had to, a few struggles there to get things moving forward, but once I picked up the fact that I was actually doing calculus, and I could do calculus, because they were teaching it to me the right way, uh, it was it was It was good. Um, so from there, I had, uh, had the opportunity to get involved and, and spend some time in the training aspect. So I, uh, was the assistant professor of military science at university of North Dakota in Grand Forks, North Dakota. So I taught ROTC there. From there, I went to university of Idaho, uh, was actually the recruiting operations officer at university of Idaho. And I enjoyed that job working with, uh, you know, great high school kids who were looking for a way to pay for college and met the requirements to come into the military. Uh, so I, I enjoyed those positions. Um, from there to to a couple operations jobs. And then uh, in 2008, um, the 41st Brigade Infantry Combat Team out of Oregon uh, decided to, well, they didn't decide. The government decided we were going to Iraq for a year. Um, so I, I, I was wasn't exactly sure my, my role was going to be in that. I knew I was going as part of the brigade staff, which not very exciting, sitting behind a desk tracking stuff. Uh, had a warrant officer come up to me and say, hey, they, the Army's doing this thing called electronic warfare officers, and uh, we have to send somebody, and you want to go? And I'm like, I, I guess so. It sounds like a job. And so they sent me back to Fort Sill because the Army had taken electronic warfare seriously and prior to that the navy had done all the electronic warfare for the army now so when specify i specify electronic when I, warfare yeah, yeah i will i will okay so um when the when the bad guys are setting off ieds explosive devices um a lot of them are what called are called ried radio control explosive mm -hmm. devices so as you're driving down the road hudge he's got his cell phone and he pushes the button and then it blows up okay. well what electronic warfare is, is, is the defense against that. So you put out in, jamming in signals nutshell, you're, and you're stuff jamming signals and you're putting out more energy and you're causing things to happen. So, uh, we had, the army has had two systems back then called the Duke and the CVRJ systems that we put in vehicles that were doing jamming. So there's, there's a, there's electronics and we're, and we're trying to figure out what signals cause the, the electronic spectrum is only so big, and so you, you you jam different portions, and you open different portions, and you do that. So, yeah, you know, I, I went to Fort Sill for six weeks and learned how to be an electronic warfare officer. I was the first Army electronic warfare officer that our brigade has had. Prior to that, because the Army didn't have any training with it, the Navy embedded their officers into our battalions and brigades 
it was they had the electronic warfare uh, experience because and those guys were all pilots because they flew the prowler and the growler for the for the navy and they were their big jamming platforms so gotcha. the navy jams at a huge level and we were just jamming locally yeah. um, which was my first run in with navy seals by the way so we uh sitting at victory base complex and there's uh, one of the ncos walks up to me and says hey sir this Navy SEAL guy came by and said, if you don't turn off the jammer at such and such a place, he's just going to blow it up. And I said, well, he's just not going to blow up a multi-million dollar piece of equipment. So I better go find it. So Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Dwight to chime in. So, so I worked my way, of course, at eight in the morning to getting into the SEAL compound because they have their own entrance. They have their own food service. They have their own everything where the rest of, you know, everybody else is... They just live a separate life. They're within the compound, but they live a separate life because they don't report on any of the reporting chains that I could find anywhere. Um, so I walk in, and of course, at 8 o'clock in the morning, they're all asleep because they've been out all night getting bad guys in Baghdad and bringing them back. So I wake up this crusty E6 uh, who I was told to find. He wasn't very happy to be looking up at an Army major. I could sell that. And I said, hey, man, just... Let's just work through this so you're not blowing stuff up. And I said, just tell me when you're going to go out in the morning or at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whenever you guys are going to go out. And I'll turn that equipment off so you guys can get back and forth. He goes, yeah, that last guy said that. and He never came out and did shit. So if you, got, if you aren't out there this time, I'm blowing that damn thing. And so needless to say, I was out there at 3 a.m. one morning when they left and came back. And I made some friends. And then that. You know, then I met Ron, then I met Dwight, then I met, then I met Charlie Melton. So that, that was the start of a good, good relationship with the Navy SEALs that, that could have been, could have went bad, really bad south. It's, it's all about and, just working with each other. It's all about doing what <laughs> you is. say you're going to do, right? It is. It is. It, it, and it is. It's about friends and relationships. And, and you guys were talking about that, uh, you know, when, when you were asking, you know, what, one of the, the best experiences that you've ever had. Uh, you know, from a military perspective, and it all boils back down to people um, and the people that you've had the opportunity to lead and the people that you had the opportunity to work with um, and, and watching them grow. And, you know, th that's where on those bad days when things aren't going right, that's where you get the fulfillment from from being in the Band of Brothers and, and, and hanging out and being part of that. Uh, so after eight, nine, uh, I had the opportunity to come home and run the ROTC program at my alma mater, which was, which was a, an incredible experience. Um, is so, that still a, uh, service position? It is. You're still in service? It is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, they're called the professors of military science. So all of your major universities, uh, all land grant universities, uh, most of your big, so your universities of, or state universities of all. Mostly all of them have Army ROTC. The Navy program isn't as robust, and neither is the Air Force, although they do have ROTCs at most of the land-grant universities, just simply because of the size of the service. You know, the Army needs X amount of officers where the Navy and the Marine, the Navy's and Marine Corps and Air Force need, you know, their branch just aren't that big, as big as the Army side. Right. So, yeah, and then uh, from there, uh, went back to D.C., uh, Spent a year and a half back in the D.C. Pentagon National Guard Bureau area. Uh, just And then it was just time to retire. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife. 
who, by the way, I've been lucky to be married to the same lady for 26 years, so I'm trying to follow in Dwight's there you footsteps. Go. Two, yeah, two in a row. I love well, to hear that. It's, it's been wonderful. Uh, and to echo Dwight, I think the first 20, well, the first 23 years of our marriage, I was around for maybe half of it, you know, and it's amazing. And and one of the things that I tell people, people always say, well, when you come back at the, from deployment, it's the most difficult thing you're ever going to do in your life. And I, I am here to say the most difficult thing on the military side I've ever done is come home for good. Uh, because my wife has run things. Her and my daughter had their world. I came and was part of it for a while and didn't change a lot of it. But when I came home for good, it was like, you know, why, why are we doing it this way? You're and just throwing shit way? up now. <laughs> I, know, I am, right? And that. And, you know, that, that after the honeymoon period of about a month, that's next five months. Were, that, that's tough. So that's did tough, you just learn how to, to let go and, and <laughs> let them do? Tried, that? yes. <laughs> a lot of conversations. Or a learn lot of, how to make, uh, it, make them think it was their idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. A, a lot of conversations, you know, some, some wine over dinner and, you know, just working through those, understanding that you love each other, but, but, but things have just changed now. Um, and so uh, it, it is just, it, it's that transition piece yeah. into that civilian side of the world. And, and your op tempo changes. I mean, my life op tempo changes. And, and I was home and, you know, you're up at five and you're out the door and you, you're not home till seven or eight at night. And that's just the way things go. Even when you're home, that, that's, that's the tempo yeah. most of the time. It's just, just the way we work and the things and that we do. And how long have you been retired now? I've been retired since 14, so uh, six years. Six years? I'm working on six years. How long have you yeah, been so I, retired, I retired, Dwight? Uh, almost uh, 22. Oh, shit. Two? 22 years. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I think that the last time I had wine with Dwight, he was like, you know, I've been out almost as long as I was in, and that was, you know, three, four years ago or whatever. Yeah. So um, it, it it is – it was a great part of my life, and then I had the opportunity to to move forward. Like I was telling you before, I, I taught school for about a year and a half because I wanted to go back and coach football and be involved with kids' lives and move forward. And what I found out about the public education system is that's not what it's all about anymore. It's about the union, and it's about and it's about you know principals and superintendents and agendas, and, yeah. agendas, and it's just not about the kids. And so I had the ability because of my first to just kind of say fuck off and so i did and i walked away one day and uh then got involved and started task fabrication or got involved with tommy and zach and we we stood up task fabrication about uh five years ago so i've been involved with with task for for four and a half four four and a half years now and it's it's been it's been nice it's been neat being an entrepreneur that's where i sit today and and then like i said i've had the opportunity to be involved with the Antares Alliance um, and where I met Ron and Dwight and, and Casey Betzholtz and a group of other people that have been super and helped us move great forward group, as a company. Yeah, great and, group. Well, yeah, great group of people. Yep. So um, 22 and a half years or so you've been retired, Dwight. What did you do uh, when you retired, when you first retired? What did you do? I went from a high speed, low drag to a high drag, low speed and sold life insurance. <laughs> sold life insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what made you think that was a good idea? Just something to do? Well, um, 
<clears throat> no, because when I was I, I was uh, chief of the Navy parachute team, the Leapfrogs, when I retired, and uh, a few of us we want we were starting our own parachute team. Uh, we called ourselves the Elite Frogs, and um, I get it. So we, I get it. <laughs> we we pretty much did the same thing, you know. We uh, <laughs> we we went to, but instead of doing air shows, you know, and follow like on the with the Leap Frogs and and the Golden Knights, you follow in the wake of the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds, right? Yeah. Um, at at air shows, well, we were doing. Uh, Baseball games, football games, you know, NASCAR. Uh, uh, we we jumped into an opening for uh, a, a cruise line, one of their ships. You know, uh, landed on top of the port terminal there in Miami with uh, uh, a Royal Caribbean parachute that you know had made. Uh, I needed a job where I could um, take time away. I, I didn't need a nine to five and I'm not a nine to five guy. Uh, yeah. That just, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, I'm not as, I'm, I'm not as, uh, um, regulated as, as, as Kurt there. You know, I, I uh, uh, when people tell me what to do, it kind of tends to put me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's why when, when I was retiring, I had a good buddy who worked, um, you know, he had a, he worked at Warcom and he was like, okay, I can get you a job and you, you can come in here and got a spot for you. And I was like, man, Raj can't do it. And he goes, why not? I said, look, I hated the Navy when I worked for him. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to continue working for him. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it wasn't the Navy so much as it is just the, you know, the, uh, uh, the government, you know, it's like, Hey, you got to get a haircut. You got to shave. And, it's like, yeah, you know, these starch greens are really going to stop a bullet, you know. Um, <laughs> and that's why I was a SEAL, you know. It. Yeah. Uh, I it guess just, it kind of makes but, sense, though, once you retire and you get out of that, you know, after you know, 22 years of people telling you what to do and taking orders, you know, when you get out, you, you don't want to take orders from anybody anymore. You, know, you don't want somebody telling you what to do, like you said. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I did life insurance and stuff for a while. Uh, just a couple of years and I got into real estate and enjoyed that a lot more. But, uh, you know, was, um, uh, doing real estate, started the parachute team and, um, we would go to Kansas city <clears throat> quite a bit. And, uh, cause I had met a real good friend there, uh, who, uh, uh he's, uh, still a, a great, uh, family friend and uh, he's an attorney, and um, I don't like attorneys either. Uh, I don't like lawyers, you know. But yeah. um, you know, uh, Kevin don't like okay. what they're about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, Kevin came and played his bagpipes at all three of our daughters' weddings. You know, let them out of the uh, bagpipes. Okay. Yeah, a bagpipe yeah. playing attorney. <laughs> yeah, and, you know he's he's Irish. You know, so uh, there you go. Um, we would go do and to help and do things and raise money for different charities and like, uh, the junior, uh, juvenile diabetes research, um, through these other, this other family and all would, um, auction off, uh, tandems that we would take and, and do. And probably in about a <clears throat> four or five year period, I think of doing it, we'd help them raise just over half a million dollars, uh, doing tandems and jumps nice. and stuff. Yeah. So, 
uh, you know, that, that was uh, a, a pretty cool thing. And just, you know, a lot of the people you meet. And, but then in uh, May of uh, 2010, I jumped off a 60-foot cliff into the Colorado River and uh, broke my, my pelvis and my back. Ooh. And uh, so my jumping career ended then. And uh, I haven't jumped again since, uh, what, April of 2010. But, uh, oh, yeah, um, 10 years. So, it, yeah, it was w- when I was recovering that I got the opportunity to meet Scott Lee, who is uh, one of my business partners. And he's the mad scientist behind SEAL 1. He created um, that formula, you know. When did you get involved with SEAL 1? Well, July, uh, July 5th, 2011 is when uh, our LLC was formed in Missouri, for good reason. That's where my attorney is. Yeah. And our, uh, our factory is in the state of Maine, and that's where Scott lives. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll put our, our corporate addresses in California because that's where, where I'm at. To, and, you know, so where we we receive the funds and, uh, you know, and, and pay the bills. Sure. That's the only thing we do in, in California as I live here. But, uh, right. you know, we're in all made USA. Up on the East coast. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, an all USA made product and, uh, made in Maine. And so I've been doing that. Uh, well, tell everybody what seal one is. We haven't really, um, on this episode and we have in episodes <clears> past, but, uh, talk about yeah. what uh, Seal One is. What you guys uh, make the products that you do there. All right. Well, yeah. Seal One is uh, it's a bio-based, non-toxic, complete gun care. So it's it's only one product that you got to do. A lot of people will look at this and go, "Oh, it's a snake oil or uh, you know whatever." And uh, you know, so then people ask, "Okay, what makes you different than any other gun cleaning product out there?" You know, and, and I, I like to state, look, there's a lot of good products out there and they're all multi-step though. Right. And, and then a lot of the multi-step products, you know, will one will either be a really good cleaner and then not so good as lubricating or one's really good lubricating, but not so great at cleaning. Mm -hmm. But ours is a one product that comes in a paste, a liquid, an aerosol, pre-saturated bore patches. um, And they all do the same thing. It's just different methods of delivery. It, it doesn't matter what you, which one you use. They all do the same thing. And um, it's different than what you're used to using. Um, but it is very simple. You put it on and you wipe it off. Because you'll see that, um, and I like to say uh, that it takes about three cleanings. So it's a clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot process. It's not you clean it three times in a row. I mean, you can if you want to, but uh, mm-hmm. it's you're not even letting it really do its job, right? So I, I tell people the first time they use it, use a clean gun because that's when you see how well the product actually works because it doesn't uh, um, – <clears throat> you'll see, and I have not ever um, – this has never failed yet because uh, I have had – had nobody tell me yet that they uh, have not been able to have a gun clean with whatever else 
that you use and then use the seal one and not be able to pull more carbon off the, uh, the receiver, the barrel. Uh, it's just, you're going to, especially in the barrel, you're going to get more out. So what using it, the clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot method is it takes those three cleanings to remove whatever you've been using before. And now our product has penetrated in. Um, so where it's different is it actually penetrates into whatever the metal is, the plastics, composites, carbon, uh, fiber, you know, wood, leather. It rejuvenates wood and leather. Oh, okay. Um, so it's safe on all bluings, all Cerakotes. We got a lot of Cerakote guys out there that actually use our product after they're done Cerakoting. And, uh, cause it, they just say it helps their, their work look that much better, you okay. know, cause it just makes the colors pop. So, um, what I was saying is I've never, I've, I've had people take firearms out of a ultrasonic cleaner and then run some seal one through it and still get more carbon out of it. Wow. Uh, so it's just, I, I have not had anybody come to me yet. And, um, and it's just one product that does the cleaning and the lubrication and the yes. protection all in one. Correct. You don't have three different products that, that you do. It's just one one product. Like you said, you got different delivery uh, systems for it, but it's just one yeah. formula that does all that. Seal One. Yeah. That's the name Seal One, I guess, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, Seal One. I'm, I'm yeah. getting it now, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's, I, I like to say it's one product that'll seal and protect your, your weapon. Yeah. You know, cause well, when uh, we first met what... was, um, it was at shot show and I don't know if it was the 2013, 2014, but like you said, Ron, Ron introduced us and, uh, I went over to your booth there and, uh, you guys had an aquarium, you had a fish tank set up. And I'm like, what are yeah. these guys selling? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, look like gummy bears. Yeah, because I went, I, I went without Ron. Ron was just like, hey, you need to go and visit Dwight over at Seal One, their booth. You know, they're just right out here. That was when I was in that private room at Shot Show. We had that yeah. private room that had the studio set up, and you guys were just right across, right over there. So I just walked over there during a break, and uh, I was looking at it. And I was like, and there was a gun in this fish tank. You had your. Uh, P226, and it was your own personal service uh, gun, right? Right. Yeah, I call that my SIG fish. Yeah, your SIG fish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just sitting there in this tank, and I'm like, what the hell are these guys doing here? So uh, that's when I introduced myself, and then you guys started, you know, talking about the product, and you pulled the gun out, and, you know, you were thinking, you're like, yeah, if we weren't here, I could take it out, you know, we could shoot it, and I put it back in, and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, um, talk about, you know, Talk about those properties of the, the product as well. Well, see, that's one of the, the beauty about what the product is. Since it penetrates in and it creates that barrier, it's not letting... It's like when you wax a car, right? How the water just beads up and rolls right off. This is It's doing the exact same principles, except not just coating. It actually gets in. So that's what it's doing with the, the carbon, the copper, and the lead. Nothing is allowed to adhere, so it all just wipes right off. Um, 
we had a guy who was uh, repping for uh, POF, Patriot Ordnance Factory, mm-hmm. and he had gotten one of the brand new four uh, fifteens. Uh, he cleaned it three times in the process of you know uh, did some cleaning and shooting, and then over the next two years, he shot fifty three thousand rounds through it uh, without cleaning it, and the carbon was still just wiping off the uh, the bolt and everything. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then that's when, uh, uh, it was right at that time when, uh, th- th- me, uh, three and a half years of talk with Frank DeSoma at, uh, yeah, um, another God rest yeah. his soul, uh, great yep. patriot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that he went with and POF uses, uh, seal one exclusively in the build of their, their firearms. Okay. Um, and, uh, so they're pre-treating them? Is that, or they just include it with theirs? Well, they pre-treat it because when they're, you know, when you're building it, you're got to use lubrication and, mm-hmm. and all on there. And, um, so that's what they're doing. They're using, um, seal one and nothing else on there. So do you and, guys recommend uh, that? So you, you're, you're saying clean, shoot, clean, shoot, clean, shoot. And then after that, you're good to go. You don't need to do the product again or. No, um, no, no. The, you'll. That's it's it's all you'll use. You don't need to use anything else. Mm-hmm. And you know, so people ask, okay, well, how often do I have to use it? And it's like, well, every time you shoot, you should clean. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that, that's so anytime how we you clean taught. your gun, you want to use the the seal one. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And and you'll see that it just it it does it gets easier and easier to where I mean now like that that's my same sig if I go out and shoot two hundred or two thousand rounds. My cleanup time's 15 minutes. I mean, it's just, it, that's, uh, you know, it just, you know, you're wiping some on and wiping it off. Yeah. Um, you know, the. Now, do you recommend uh, you the, put this on the grip also or just the. Everything. Okay. Everything. So it's e- not going to make everything. it, it's not going to make it slippery or anything like that. No, because you put it on and you wipe it off. Okay. You don't leave any behind. You know, I mean, we will remove rust we help prevent rust from uh you know nothing stops it but we help you know slow rusting it's like you know i had a a guy was telling me he goes um on my ak-47 he goes i use some really crappy uh um ammo and he goes and uh, this was a guy in houston is there another con for an ak (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I've got yeah. one. I got one. I'm working on right now. Is the trigger is jacked in it? Um, it's like you know how you when you shoot, you know you hold the trigger back, and then, yeah. it, and then it resets. And then when I go to reset the trigger, it uh, releases the hammer. <laughs> so I'm getting like a oh. double, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Co- what's that company? Yeah. Um, I can't remember. There's a company that makes a trigger that that'll do that. It's like uh, it fires on. Uh, yeah. When you release it. Release. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I got that free. <laughs> I didn't have to, yeah. <laughs> but no, I got to fix that. But yeah, I mean, what ammo is not dirty through an AK? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know, you know. But he he would tell me he goes, I would go shoot, and then you know it usually be about three hours before I'd get back and start cleaning it. Well, it's already starting to rust and corrode from, uh, from the ammo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, when he'd started using seal one, that didn't happen. 
And he said he got to a point where he was just, he goes, well, I'm going to see how long I, I can go. You know, and he said he, he was still waiting. And after three weeks, it still hadn't started corroding. And yet, so he that's was. A, that's a big testament right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and we got a, a, a lot of those from guys. Uh, uh, but, you know, one of the things I, I get is, you know, when when people don't wipe it off because they're they're we're so used to wiping, uh, I mean, leaving the lubricant on. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, but, you know, trust me, you don't need to. And you'll see that it's going to work. And I mean, I had a uh, another guy, uh, Grady uh, Burrs, who was saying, he goes, I went hunting at 68 below in Alaska and um, had no problems. And I was using your paste. And um, he goes, I, I had no problems. That was going to be my um, next question is the, the, you know, the temperature um, yeah. recommendations on it. Well, um, our operating temperatures, we say, are from uh, minus 50 to 650, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so more than, than what you're ever going to be survived in, you know. If you get in that temperature, you're going to be dead anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. So he was, uh, as he said, he goes, hey, we, uh, we were out there and uh, – he goes, it was 68 below. And he goes, I, I came back in and I was in my, my cabin, which was still 40 below. But he goes, I, I had the, the, the tub next to my uh, wood stove and it still made it pliable where I could clean and, and, and work with it. So he goes, didn't have any problems. Now, uh, now your products are for more than just firearms, too. You can use these on on other... Well, yeah, so we, we've got a, a line where we have a product called Marine One. Mm -hmm. um, and look, it, it's, it's all the same product, okay? We've got an archery line, uh, Bowpro. You know, again, it, it's, it's all the same stuff that will... It's different um, applicators, though. So it makes, for the bow, for the Marine, it's, it's, it's applicators that make sense for the environments that you're going to be in. Yeah, you know, but it was like, you know, tell guys, I mean, this is great on your knives. We have some knife makers, yeah. custom knife makers that actually uh, buy the product because they will give it out when you buy a knife from them. And um, so it's like, hey, when you're um, when you go hunting. Right. And you're going to fill uh, clean the, you know, the, the, the deer or, or whatever. Now, if you have our product on the knife, you don't have to worry about a contaminant or, you know, an oil getting in the meat or anything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, I mean, last, last month I was in Hawaii and, uh, went on a, uh, a, a wild boar hunt with, a with knives. I, I saw that. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. And, uh, so we used the dogs to, uh, to, to get the pigs and then they, they, they bring the pig and you come up and grab them by the hind leg and, uh, stick them in the heart, you know? And then you, we just filled, cleaned them right there. Took, you know, took the meat, and um, uh, it was a lot of fun. But and your knife just you cleans have... right up because you've got the the seal one on there, and uh, it just oh yeah, wipes right off. Yeah, not, none of the pig fat or hair or any of that. Uh, I just used the uh, the water right there and just dumped it on there and it just washed it right off. Nice. You know? But um, yeah, there's there's so many different uses with this product. 
I, I like to tell people, think of this as a green WD-40 that actually lubricates. It, um, uh, Do you have an just, aerosol version of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The paste is our base product. That's the one that we make first. Okay. Okay. And uh, then we put a carrier, and everything that goes into the paste is food grade. But we're not a food grade facility. Sure. So we're not selling it as such. But it is completely safe. So when we say non-toxic, we mean non-toxic. Not some of these products that you see that are non-toxic, that if you read their SDS sheets, um, you can't breathe it, you, you know, don't get it on your skin and, mm -hmm. and all that. You don't have to worry about that with ours. Yeah, I remember uh, you put it on, uh, uh, I was like really dry you know, in Vegas yeah. and uh, you're like, here, put this on your lips, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's perfectly safe. I was like, okay. So yeah, I put it on there and sure enough, I mean, within, uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes, my lips were already moist again, you know, not that yeah. I'm plugging it as a, a lip balm, but <laughs> no, no, but as an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I've, yeah. I, I, I've had guys tell me that, you know, and, uh, as I, I mean, I have, uh, ostrich cowboy boots and, uh, I, polish my boots with them yes yes yeah i didn't even think about that yeah so there's a, a lot of different uses but it's just I, I mean i'll put it against any other uh gun cleaner out there that um you know so i'm putting it on my leather you know you're talking about you can use it on leather it's not going to discolor my leather or anything like that it's just well if if you have a light colored leather that you want to keep you know real light then yeah. Yeah, you know, don't do it. It does darken a little bit. The color does kind of come back. Um, but it's just like, you know, what what are you using on your light-skinned leather boots anyway? When you put the leather, the, the, the leather conditioner on there, it darkens it some. A little bit, yeah, it does, yeah. There's a, a lot of different uses, and I... Uh, as I say, we, we guarantee it, you know, that, look, if, if you use it, you don't like it, give us a call. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll take care of you, but it's, uh, and they go to seal one at S E A L the number one dot net lead heads. You can go there, uh, their whole line of products, uh, are, are listed there. It's the one product that like, uh, Dwight said, it's in many different delivery methods, uh, and it can be used for shooting, be used for archery, can be used on leathers, can be used on many different types of uh, materials safely. I guess you could even uh, put this on your upholstery in your vehicle and dashboard. And uh, um, you know, I do. I'm thinking armor yeah. all here. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking all kinds of crazy different uses oh, yeah, for it. But <laughs> it is, and I mean it, it. It's it's and it doesn't leave it greasy. I, I use it on my dash. And, and actually after a few years of doing it, I mean, I'd probably only do it once a year, wipe it down now. Cause it, uh, it just keeps, uh, I use it on the leather seats in my car. Yeah. Keeps them from cracking. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder if you could use yeah, we, it like a wax for your, uh, outside of your car. I've done it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have, of course you have. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking the old lead sled, you know, it's a, it's a 98, it's uh, it's seen better days. My dashboard's cracked and, you know, my leather seats are cracked and, you know, there's paint yeah. and stuff. It, it, it won't fix the crack. It's not going to fix know? it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm too late for, for mine now, but, uh, yeah. but it'll make it look good. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll, it'll bring some life back into it. Um, 
I've got yeah. three hundred and I don't know, like three hundred twenty-two thousand miles on it, and and ticking. So, yeah. Well, very good. And now you've set the lead heads up with a, a nice little discount. They can go to your website, uh, seal1.net, and if the, they use the code new N E W, they're going to get twenty-five percent off. So this would make a great Christmas gift, great Christmas stocking uh, for. You know, the gun lover, the archery, the, you know, uh, anybody pretty much. So yeah. All yeah, around. Just, yeah. Good product there. Use new and get 25% off. There you go. I wonder if you use it as a furniture polish. You said it's good on wood too. Um, well I can, let me give you a, uh, maybe outdoor furniture. <laughs> uh, what a, uh, a friend of mine told me, he goes, um, he used it on his uh, wooden floor at home. He goes, but before you do, you better let your missus know about it because it was pretty <laughs> slick. And when she came home from work and started sliding around the floor, uh, <laughs> he was told, I, I, I can't use that stuff anymore on my floor. On oh, my floor, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like uh, Clark Griswold uh, you know, putting it on that sled. <laughs> <laughs> Make it super fast, super fast. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So again, Leadhead, Seal One, S E A L number one dot net. Use the code new, twenty five percent off uh, for the the Seal One products there. Um. So let's get to Taz Fabrication now. Let's let Kurt talk about Taz Fabrication. Uh, and you said you've okay. been doing this for about. Oh wait. What? Yeah. Real quick, I just wanted to talk about the the Taz because that's. Okay. When we first met him, which was through the Antares, uh, I, you know, already being a member and when they were due and first had kind of come to shot show and, um, we were, um, at the Antares, uh, the try and buy event and, uh, I'm looking at their targets going, wow, these are really cool. And just started, you know, looking at them a little bit and, um, I started talking about how our product could help his, <laughs> his, his targets. targets. <laughs> <laughs> Long, and we still use this product on the targets. <laughs> yeah. Longer life to the targets, right? Yeah. Well, it just, exactly. and it, it helps for the modularity of it, you know, when you're, you know, taking it down because uh, I've got one and um, I let it sit outside. I'm, as I said, I'm five blocks from the ocean mm -hmm. and I had treated the, the pieces with it. And I just let it sit outside for a year. Um, didn't store it inside because I, I wanted to see, okay, what's this going to do? And it's, you know, for his, his product, I mean, you know, also. And, um, I mean, there was no problems. All right, Dwight. You know? So don't tell your wife yeah. that, that I gave you this, this solution. But here's a way for you to get a motorcycle now. So you just yeah. you treat it with the seal one. <laughs> oh, I've been told that before. Yeah. Okay. All right. I tried. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Man. Yeah. I'm I know. Trying. <laughs> so, so, Kirk, tell us about uh, Taz Fabrication. Um, well, Taz Fabrication started uh, with two guys that named after Tommy and Zach Coble. Um, they started doing metal fabrication on the weekends. Uh, Tommy worked for Knife River Corporation and Zach worked for Eaton. Uh, he was quality control for their hydraulic plant. Um, when I decided to 
quit teaching school. My wife said I needed a plan going forward and I couldn't be just a retired guy hanging out, not doing anything. So I went up and talked to Tommy and Zach and, and uh, we did some stuff and I said, hey, is this something you guys just want to do on the weekends and drink beer and you know work on bumpers and just do fabrication stuff or do we want to really put some energy behind this and make this happen? And they said, well, let's put some energy behind it. So for about the first six months, I was the only full-time person uh, doing sales and marketing pieces for Task Fabrication. And then we uh, had the opportunity to get a contract with Republic Services, the big trash company. And so we went down to um, Phoenix, Arizona and moved a big uh, baler, uh, cardboard baler, up to Merlin, Oregon and, and got known for being ingenuitive and uh, pretty quick on our feet and making things happen. So the next thing you know... What did you do uh, with this baler? Uh, <laughs> we, 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 we were in downtown Phoenix, Arizona at a transfer station, uh-huh. tore down an old baler, uh, put it on two 18 wheelers, shipped it to Oregon and then put it back together, uh, up in Oregon so they could start recycling cardboard. Ah, um, okay. it was rather exciting and fun and a, in an interesting couple of days at 108 degrees in downtown Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, so, so. So anyhow, to fast forward a little bit, the next thing you know, we, we there's four of us now working full-time for Task Fabrication. Uh, we do everything from making signs, uh, you know, that say cool things like talking lead. Um, you know, we, we oh, really? work with, yeah, we can do talking lead sign. We, we really have some neat designs. Like I mentioned, we did Charlie Melton sign. Uh, out at the at a store. Oh yeah, um, we've Char- done Charlie's a long time. Multiple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done multiple pieces. We I, I think we're still working with the white on a new sign out in Maine, but we just haven't moved that far forward yet. We talked about it at Shot Show last year, and then everybody gets busy and and we don't revisit things. COVID sometimes. hit. Yeah, COVID hit, and so you know it it puts a put a stressor on all of us. So anyhow, we, we, we do signs all the way up to we, we, we work in a huge reducer in Northern California in a place called Millipedus where we do build hammers and anvils that take, that take trash and make it smaller. And so, you know, from anything from small to big. But one of, that, one of the things we, we really enjoy doing, we have, we have two pieces that we do, I would say, for, from a leadhead perspective. One is we do some R&D work. So we are working right now with a company called Walker Ridge. Uh, Walker Ridge is owned by Command Sergeant Major Mike Walker, uh, who's soon to be retired. Uh, and he's come up with a new upper idea that we're doing the R&D for. And I talked to him before getting on the show. And we're getting ready. He's getting ready to roll it out. He's an upper for yet. an AR? An AR upper. Yep. Okay. An AR upper. Uh, and, and he just said, hey, there's more to follow. Uh, and you can see what he's kind of up to at walkerridge.com. But uh, I, if, if you follow Taz Fabrication and if you follow what we do, we'll, we'll have that roll out. The plan actually was to roll it out at Try and Buy this year uh, prior to SHOT Show. But now that Try and Buy is, try and buy is no longer, yeah. uh, I know we're trying to put something together in March out in uh, South Carolina or North Carolina. Um, and we may south. roll it out there, South, South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, we may, yeah. And we, for you, leadheads, yeah, real quick uh, while you're talking, uh, you leadheads can go to TAZ 
fabrication.com. Uh, and as he's talking yeah. about this stuff, you can yeah. look at it. So go, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so we've, we've started to do some R&D things, and, and that, that's fun. Uh, we just bought a new 4-axis CNC machine that does and spins and creates things. things that I It still blows me away. Uh, it, it's a pretty neat piece of equipment. So another so, so we, do, we do that R and research and development piece, uh, and we've, we're working with some companies through that process. Okay. Next thing that we do is we do build the Guardian target system. Uh, the way the Guardian target system came about is, and, and I'm sure this is true across the boards, but people that go out and shoot, uh, you know, they go out to the woods and a lot of times they take an old TV or old crap and they just shoot it and then leave it out in the forest. Uh, well, one of the things that makes people like myself and Zach and Tommy mad who live up in the forest is clean up after yourself, would you? I mean, I don't care if you come from town and, and you shoot and you do that, but pick your shit up when you're done and, and take it out of the forest and j just be a good steward. Because one of the things that we definitely don't need from people that love to shoot and are involved is other ammunition from our, our liberal friends on the left to say, well, they go up in the woods and they leave their shit everywhere. Yeah. So one of, our, one of our pushbacks to that was, hey, let's create a target that folds down, that is small, that somebody could carry out into the woods and put anywhere in the woods that they want to. Uh, they can put it on a hillside. They can put it so it peaks out from the side of a tree. Um, they could, you know, put it at long distance and then be able to walk it out if they need to or throw it in the back of your side-by-side -side, or throw it in the back of your four-wheeler and drive it out and set it up wherever you want to do and then come back and shoot at it. Um, so we came up with, a, or Zach came up with a quad pod idea so our targets actually sit on four, four, four legs, uh, and each leg has eight adjustments. So you can put that on on any type of ground that you want to. And you can there's some videos out there and, and talking about Ron Bell and Ron did our first video. So if you go to guardiantarget.com, you can look at the video that's out there, and you can actually see Ron out there shooting our target, moving it around, and setting it on hillsides and doing some pretty neat stuff. With what it. are these so, legs made of? The, leg, the, the legs are made of, and, and we use CO1 on the legs, just so everybody knows. Put a punch in there for, <laughs> for, for CO1 and Dwight. Actually, it was a great idea. He came up with the idea. It was a great idea. Um, the, the legs are an aluminum outer with a steel metal inner. So the idea being the reason we reinforce them that way is because you get some spalling, and we all don't hit the target every time. So what? Uh, if a, yeah, what? it happens sometimes. <laughs> So not if, me, if, man. If, Come on. If, if not you. Not you. I'm talking about other people. <laughs> not you or Dwight or anybody. I'm the any worst. Leadheads. They're all great shots, especially right out the gate. Um, so if, if, a, if I was you meaning drop, to hit that leg. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was aiming. Just want to see if it'd hold up. So if a round does drop into the little leg and you're going to push it back, um, so you can put push that aluminum back, and then your leg's still good to go. If you put a big hole in it, a big piece chunk comes out of it, just let us know and we'll send you a new leg. They're easy to put on, easy to put together, easy to slide back and forth. So that's what the legs are made out of. And then the the center post is just a, a metal center post. Disclaimer, if you send us all four back with multiple <laughs> holes in it, that's not covered. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Somebody had a full auto day that day. Yes, they did. And we've... We, uh, we brought some targets out to a range. Uh, Rainier Arms did 
uh, and Dwight was out for it for a couple of years. They did kind of a mini shot show in Seattle. Um, and we donated some targets to them for that show. And I will tell you that after range day, those things were a total disaster and mess. But the positive thing was they're still standing and we could still break them down. Um, to the most part, some of them were totally destroyed. But that's what you get when you just let somebody on full auto who's never done it before shoot at your targets. Sure, they don't care. Sure. It's, yeah. it's, it's well, an some of those look like they were using the legs as the target. <laughs> <laughs> look how good a shot so, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyhow, that that's the base design of that target. And the idea is, is that you can use that, I mean, that of the base. The idea is you can use multiple targets to interface into that base. So we build five or six different targets that interface directly into the same base system. So once you buy the base system, you've got it, and then you can buy the different targets and different thicknesses of AR plate that go through there. Okay. Are you so, so we, we use an AR five hundred? We do. So yep. So we build a hostage target. We've got a hostage with an eye. We've got just your plain Jane Square target and design target. We can really design and we've done it for people. We had a guy call and say, can you make me a rabbit? So we're like, okay, so we made him a rabbit out of AR plate and we just made our our little cuts that, that yeah. we used to go into the base and we made Have it. Have you right got there. reactive targets? We do. We do. Okay. We do. We've got the spinner that we call the hostage spinner target uh -huh. that spins back and forth. So yes, we do have we do have those out now, there. Now are too. you so are you, can you make a dueling tree? We have made a dueling tree, yeah. Because I, yeah. I understand I'm that in the there. past there's been like s some issues with the like the people who invented that and they've sued people who have done. Oh, I, I, I've you know, so I, don't I haven't know. heard anything. I think we. Well, I know we've. Well, just sold. so you know, I mean, if you look at doing okay, one of those, yeah. it might no, be something you want to research. Good. That's good. <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, so we do yeah. make a dueling tree, and then we've we've done one of the shooting stars. Oh yeah, the, the Texas shoot shooting drop stars. Off. We actually did that for Charlie. Yeah. So Charlie has has our one and only Texas shooting star uh, that that also mounts onto the guardian the base. It, it, it mounts yep. on this. Okay. Because yep. those are those yeah. can be heavy. So they are. They are. But I, what's I, the weight? Can I just uh, as a, as yeah. a plug, I mean, they it really is a cool system. You know, I mean, oh, here yeah. in Southern California, there's there's no, I mean, there's not a lot of outdoor shooting areas, you know, and I, I go out to BLM land and it was a pain taking out, taking the paper, setting it up there. And, you know, so having the steel, so you're getting the instant feedback. Yeah. But, you know, and I don't get to shoot in the same place all the time. So the ground is uneven, but with the adjustment of the legs and putting it out there, you can always have it setting up there, you know, I, you know, want, want it low to the ground or, you know, up higher. It just, you know, and, and, and I just backpack it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, the, the, the base is, the base is less than 15 pounds. The base, the base doesn't really weigh anything. And it telescopes it's, it's, up and down. Yeah. So you yep, can adjust yep. height levels and you can adjust height level too. Okay. Yep. So you can adjust height. the legs and then you can adjust the, the neck. Oh no, I, you get, you, the neck just the legs. the same. Just the legs will telescope out. Okay. And then you can on the so here, on the, the angle that you do the legs will do the height correct. of the target. Correct. Okay. Correct. I got you. Correct. You I'm can get extremely you. stable, so Charlie can shoot fifty cal at it too. So <laughs> we've done that. 
We've been down that road. <laughs> From five miles away? <laughs> no, closer than that. Way closer than that. <laughs> uh, well, that's neat, so, man. This is this yeah. would be perfect. Uh, you know, I'm I go. Uh, I've got a farm that I go to. I've got some private land that I go to, and you know the the targets I have now. You know, you have to you have to stick them in the ground. Yeah, you know, you and, do. and again, you get that wobbly after a while. They start getting wobbly. You know, depending on if the or if the ground's really hard, trying to get it in the uh, in the ground there. Uh, so yeah, I mean this this would be amazing. Yeah. Yep. So it'll take so a fifty think- cow and and still stay on its it will base it will and and, yeah. and lefty i i think kurt's got a a um a code that you could save some money on uh-huh. <laughs> you, we got another Jeez, lefty. holiday lefty, code are you, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna let dwight take over your podcast here absolutely or what? <laughs> absolutely i think so, he's excited just, for people to know about know. this you know so just so everybody knows right now our targets are offered through a company called go gear direct so Go Gear Direct, even if you go to guardiantargets.com and you click order, it's going to take you to the Go Gear Direct order site. Okay. And then we drop ship through Go Gear Direct. We just drop ship right out of our shop directly to you. So you can either go to gogeardirect.com or guardiantargets.com. And then when you go and if you put in... Um, Is it guardiantargets.com or tazfabrication.com? You can, I think, from Taz you can get to Guardian, but you can go directly to Guardian Target. Okay, so you, you got several websites. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. You confusing well, me, real, man. <laughs> Taz, Taz and Guardian are two separate websites, and then Go Gear Direct is the platform it's where you actually purchase that, it. Yeah, where you actually purchase okay, it. Okay, so you can go to those other you, two websites, Taz or Guardian Target, Target, and you can see the videos and the pictures and the descriptions, and then right. uh, when yep. you're ready to you buy, get, Go Gear yep. Direct. Go Gear Direct, or you can buy off of Guardian Target, which is when you click on, when you click on like the the, the quad pod, when you click on it, it's going to take you right to Go Gear to purchase it. So you can purchase it off that site too. Okay, cool. That and and when they get there, they're going to want to use this code that Dwight, Dwight is, is so excited to to give out. <laughs> well, Go I'm, Gear just Ten. Trying, yeah. Just trying to help the colonel out, you know. I know. He's, he's I, need, artillery. I need help a lot. I am. Yeah. I don't hear very well. Shell I'm shot. old. Yeah, I got well, at least he was too. smart enough to leave infantry. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did do that. And he got into targets. <laughs> and I got into targets. So, that so, makes sense. It does. It really does. It really does. So that. So in another piece that we do is... Wait, wait. Let's give that code again. It's Go okay. Gear 10, Gear G-O-G-E-A-R 10. And you're going to get 10% yep. off, Leadheads. Um, so there you go. And that's any of your products? That's it. Other than the fact that if there's anybody out there looking for somebody to do from, from a range redo perspective, so you have a range and you're looking at um, your, your deep targets that you need, if you want to hang metal or do that, we, we have had the opportunity to go in and rebuild a couple targets or a couple ranges in the state of Oregon also. So we, we do have that experience. If there's if there's a need, uh, you've got your local range and they and and you need some rebuild or you need some new steel that's hung correctly that doesn't get shot down. Uh, the one of the things that we find is if if targets are hung by chains, the chains become the target, not the target itself. So especially at uh, on some ranges. 
So we, we have a we have a unique hanging system that 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 protects the hanging piece. Uh, so hopefully those people that are out using your range don't put a you know knock your chain down after a day and then you got to walk back out and hang it back up again and go through those pieces. So, I noticed that shooting have, with Charlie that happens quite a bit. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I think all those Navy SEALs are like, oh, we'll just knock the chain off and then we're done for the day. Right, you know. Then we, well, then we can go drink beer because that's the way right. that works. While those guys are up fixing the chains, we're out drinking beer. They're smarter. They're really smart. I've learned that hanging out with them. You never know when beer 30 is going to come along. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that time now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and I know we got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of, uh, ranges that listen to our show. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, they yeah. just contact you by email, call you or. Yep. They can contact me by email. It's Kirk Mickelson at tazfabrication.com. And spell, spell it out. K I R K M I C K E L S E N at tazfabrication.com. See, I would have thrown an O in there S O N. So there you go. Of course. Yeah. So. Most people do. Important to spell it out, especially on audio. Or, or, you know, think I'm Phil Mickelson's cousin, which is not a bad idea. And I would still spell his get, the same way. Right. Well, and I wouldn't <laughs> even have to be Phil Mickelson's cousin to beat Dwight in golf. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Now, did you say you are I've his seen cousin? his golf swing. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, but I wouldn't okay. need to be to beat Dwight in golf. I've watched his golf swing. It's, it but it needs you, a little help. But if you, if you play true to form the way Dwight plays you have to you know drink you know it's beer 30 every hole yeah it wouldn't matter it wouldn't still matter. wow he's calling yeah, you out it son matter. i'm gonna throw that out there it just really wouldn't matter <laughs> well you know i learned from watching caddyshack how to take care of judge smells you know. <laughs> one of the all-time great I'd movies i'd have to run pretty fast and just stay ahead of him <laughs> yeah. cut that achilles man you'll push everything off you, you'll quit the game yeah done. everything will push everything to the right done and out yeah absolutely so uh guys make sure you go visit both the websites it's uh, seal one s-e-a-l the number one dot net and use the code new for 25 percent off there uh and then give all those websites again <laughs> for, for yours <laughs> for tas what? for for ta let's just go with the guardian target so for Guardian Targets, go to guardiantarget.com okay. and just click in, click on the site, and it'll take you to the order site. And then that's the best way, I think, to explain it. Yeah. And then just put in Go Gear, Go Gear 10 for 10% off. 10% off. Be the best way to yeah, talk about an excellent Christmas gift uh, for your shooter yeah. that's out there. The, uh, the Guardian Target stand would be perfect. And then, of course, yep. they've got the compatible targets there, too. So. That would be a great Christmas present there, definitely. With some Seal One to take care of your firearms and your targets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Seal yes, One will take care of everything. It'll take care of your Seal car, one, your Seal furniture, your boots. It'll do it all. <laughs> yeah, we put Seal One. Seal One goes on the legs, so they when the when they go back and forth, really do a great job. Oh, Even I was going to say get in there. The women's shaving. This is when you said legs. I thought that's a oh yeah. Put the I seal one on there. Get my wife to try that. We should try. Yeah, would it make a good shaving cream? I don't know. No, no. It it just it'll. It, it's good for dry feet and hands though. 
Oh, lips okay. or lips, yeah. Or lips, yeah. Definitely working yeah. on lips. Is a shave base though? What if you credit carded it off? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so great for everything, but we don't recommend you shave with it. There you go. Oh. All right, guys. Um, I got a couple of more new guy questions that I want to finish up okay. with you, uh, and then uh, we'll get to the the wrap up here. So uh, we talked about your military uh, background. Uh, the next question is, is there or has there ever been a piece of kit or maybe a firearm or something that maybe you're a little bit ashamed to admit that you've owned? And I'll start with Kurt. <laughs> he looks like he's got something. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know if I'm a, I don't know if I'm ashamed of it or not, but, uh, yeah. the old, uh, I have a um, M16A2 that is old and beat up. Why and would you be ashamed just... of that? That's like that's well, a bragging know. It's thing. Old, like, beat up. It's, yeah. it's heavy. It's it's all those things, but it brings back such memories that uh, from back in the day shooting and doing those things that it's that's it, a piece and, of and history, you baby. Shoot, when you shoot the old, when, when you shoot the new M4 and you're shooting that stuff, you just realize how outdated those are and yeah, but they're still heavy they are and they, yeah yeah they, I, yes yes to an extent but the, the new it makes you appreciate the new weapons platforms how about that okay okay it really does, it really I'll, does. I'll it, it's, it's not a, it's not an ashamed thing it's just one of those it's like uh yeah yeah you know you pull one of those out on the range people go oh really you know you just kind of <laughs> get that <laughs> what about you just Dwight? tell them it's your nostalgic piece yeah, it's my nostalgia. Yes. What about yeah. you, Dwight? Um, let me rephrase yours. Maybe this will help you. <laughs> when when you back are in the musket day, back when you remember the, the teams, I know that you guys had the opportunity to test out, you know, a lot of up and coming in a you know technologically advanced equipment. Uh, what's some of the jankiest equipment that you were ever issued? Um. <laughs> Well, it was a, it was a, a couple. It was this this guy comes up and it was a, a knife company, you know, and uh, they our our guy in charge of the art the RDT and E stuff, you know, and um, he comes up, he goes, use this knife, it'll never rust, and we're gonna be able to go to these things. We 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 took it out on, um, used it for one week on when we were doing some, you know water work during one of uh you know a, a dive week and um he goes yeah you, all you have to do is you just rinse it off and it'll be fine well that thing it wouldn't even come out of the scabbard oh my god uh, <laughs> by the end of the week you know so uh there was about five of us that were testing this knife for him and he was like yeah the, the teams we're gonna go to this knife and we all threw it on his desk you know and um uh, he was upset about that, and you know this this other one these these pair of Chippewa boots we were given to uh-huh. to use, and uh, they're like, man, these things are going to keep you warm. They're nice and comfortable and really good. Well, I was in Alaska, and we were in Kodiak, and in Kodiak in the winter time, it stays right at about. 33 <laughs> 34 degrees yeah you know so 
it, it you know at nighttime it, it might get down so you don't get a lot of snow it's just you know freezing rain and uh we were out uh doing some ops and after one night and it had just been raining all night and as we were patrolling back in my freaking boots would not stay they were so waterlogged that they just wouldn't even stay tied you know i mean uh <laughs> tied around they just kept the the they just kept just a big old wet down. noodle yeah yeah oh so i threw those on his desk too when we got back and said <laughs> no no th these aren't good you know and and the first gore-tex when it came out it, it didn't stand the uh a little rough the, that you know pretty soon they got so waterlogged you know? yeah nothing worse than wet feet yeah no doubt that's a horrible <laughs> experience oh man so you don't want to you don't want to talk about what knife that was, huh? What company you're in? Um, tell you the truth, I I oh, really don't remember. don't remember. You know, because I just the guy was telling us, yeah, I'm going to this, and we're like going, well, look, we're diving this week. Let us test this out, and that thing was just, uh, it was like, come on, you know, and and that's what you know when people say, oh, stainless steel, it's never going to rust. Bullshit, you know. I mean, I haven't found one piece of stainless, you know, through the, my career in there and, and still since then that will not rust, you know. Well, it's because it wasn't treated with seal one. Well, right. There and you go. So that's, that's what you do. And, you know, then you'll be okay. <laughs> and you'll be all right. That's right. That rest will just wipe right off. All right. Uh, let's go to our next question. When it comes to pop culture, whether it's a, a movie, a TV show, a book, music, whatever it may be, what is your go-to uh, for your escapism, for your relaxing? What do you, what do you like? Um, I, I listen to uh, classic rock and older country music. Um, you know, uh, Hollywood nowadays pisses me off so much with, uh, you know, it's like, look, you're an actor or a singer or an actress. Don't tell me your political views because sure. I don't give a shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that, Just shut up and um, act. Shut up and sing. I don't want to hear your political <laughs> views. Entertain me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm 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 a a, a classic rock and uh, give me an example know, of uh, classic rock because you know classic is is different to all generations. So. Well, okay. 70s music is my favorite okay you know time you know but look i mean the the stones the beatles the who uh aerosmith uh but yeah hell the doobie brothers and at times hell i even like to listen to it depends when i'm in a mellow mood i'll, I'll listen to hall and oats there you, you go know? yeah what uh, about disco do you ever go down that road Oh, no. Well, I did at the time because I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> KC and the Sunshine Band? Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, uh, the average white band and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Bee Gees. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, but, you know, some Willie Nelson, uh, you know, Waylon Jennings. I mean, you can never go wrong with Waylon. Oh, yeah. And... um. Little, little you know. uh, Hank Williams, hell yeah! Oh yeah, Hank Junior. Little Hank, Junior, yeah, yeah. You know, Kurt will attest because we we've actually uh, an Embassy Suites. You know, we we shared a room. Yeah. You know, but 
I don't watch TV. I bring my my music box. I bring my little Bose speaker, and that's mm. I I play music. You yeah. know. Uh, interesting. And, uh, interesting. What about I, you, I'd Kurt? I'd rather listen to music than listen to you know some news anchor talk about. See, I'm kind of the, the I'm kind of the now when I want to sit down and relax. Yes, I want to listen to music and you know, just chill out. You know, have some bourbon, uh, kick my feet up. But if I'm like driving or you know at the gym, I don't like listening to music. I like listening to information. I like to learn. You know, pot whether it's podcast or you know whatever it may be. I don't now news. No, I don't like listening to the news. Fuck news. Hate news. Yeah. Um. But uh, I like I like listening to informational type, you know, podcasts. Yeah. So what about you, Kurt? Um, I'm a I'm a Hair Nation guy. You know, Sirius XM Hair Nation. Uh, <laughs> okay. Scorpions, Van Halen, White Snake, big yeah, White Snake guy. White Snake. You know, um, and enjoy uh, you know Poison. some of the fringe stuff. Poison's good. Uh, Enjoy some of the French stuff. I was raised with UFO. I don't know if you're familiar with UFO. Um, Macaulay Shanker Group. Uh, some of that older stuff from the 70s that worked its way up. Uh, okay. I, I enjoy some of that. Uh, from Remember a movie ELO? No, UFO. 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 I've got to give all my love for Terry because for me, she's only you. <laughs> On the tabletop, she's dancing. Puts a smile and chew your feet. I'm looking them up right now. Around no cherry for me. Let me know you know I'm near. Look up UFO. Got to give all my love to charity. It's a great song. Uh, from a movie perspective, I'm a Casablanca guy. I really enjoy the movie Casablanca. Oh, uh, talk about a classic. Yeah, I enjoy oh. that. Matter of fact, just watch it again. And then last night, uh, my wife and I sat down and watched the ultimate Christmas music. Or Christmas, not music. Ultimate Christmas movie. If you don't believe it's a Christmas movie, I don't think you're an American. Die Hard. Die Hard. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. You're going down <laughs> yeah. the Die Hard road. Music. Yeah. Now, that uh, that is a great Christmas movie. They even label it under that when you go under I know. the credits. Yeah. Die Hard's on there, baby. Now I have a machine gun, motherfucker. Ho, ho, ho. I mean, come on. It's awesome. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> great. So, you know. Yeah, Alan Rickman, he's the all-time best uh, bad guy ever. Movies that just you know make you feel good and and the good guy wins and that's that's kind of where I go on the movie side of the house. So I you looked know. up UFO. Uh, yeah, they're still together. Yeah, they're they're doing a rock fest in Barcelona. There you go. Are they a German band? Because they're doing a lot of stuff in Germany. Uh, I think they may have been a Euro- European band. I think that everything's got a relationship to Scorpions one way or the other, back and forth. And right. In in okay in that world, so no, but, it's 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 good stuff. It's a lot of guitar, a lot of guitar, a lot of you know, a lot of electric guitar stuff. Gotcha. You know, that that eighties electric guitar thing. So enjoy. Dwight, have you always not watched TV or movies? Not been into those at all? Oh no, I mean, if if I watch TV, I I love movies. Okay, you know? it's uh, what's your go to movie? I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch a movie than a, a tv program sure you know but uh it's like like my wife comes in she goes you're watching this again oh i i like <laughs> take the dirty dozen for instance she goes yeah oh the ending change i said yeah jefferson lives at the end this time <laughs> you know? um uh in my world he does yeah yeah <laughs> you can fantasize no Come on. 
yeah, so it's, um, uh, yeah, I'd much rather just watch a movie in it because if it's a movie I've seen before and I come in the middle of it, if it's a good one, then I don't care. What's, you know, it's a, what's the best, and I'll ask you both this, uh, what's the best military movie, um, in your opinion, and, and not necessarily just realistic, but, um, but just entertainment wise, what's, what's your, and you just named one that's an all time, one of my all time favorites. Um, well, Patton is one of my, um, besides the dirty dozen, I, I love Patton. I think George C. Scott just did a tremendous job on that. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what the was Sam with Jima with Stryker. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a good one. Uh, what about uh, you? I, Kirk. I, I enjoy one of my favorite World War II movies is A Bridge Too Far. I really enjoy that movie. Acting and it's good, the the concepts behind it. And then I I am I have always enjoyed Saving Private Ryan. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that that and there's some realism to that and there's definitely emotion in that movie that and there's some teaching points in that movie too when I was when I teaching young officer or young cadets to be officers. There's a lot of teaching points we used from that movie. So the Band of Brothers yeah. is one that's yeah, that's a good that's a good series. series and yeah. the the Pacific, I enjoyed the Pacific. You know, yeah. I, I I tried to watch that and I got maybe four or five into it, and then for some reason I lost interest, and I don't know why. I just couldn't get into it for some reason. I tell you what, if you ever get the chance in New Orleans, go to the World War II Museum there, and. Uh, they have a Pacific side and a European side. And um, the reason they had it there is because that's where the, the Higgin boats were, uh, were, were made. So that's why New Orleans got picked to, uh, and the Higgin boats were the landing craft, uh -huh. right? Uh, without those, without Normandy happening, uh, who knows what would have happened um, on the European front, Yeah, you know, at that time, because, uh, Though Germany was uh, running low on supplies, but at that time they were still had a really good strong hold, and um, so. But that is an awesome museum. It it really is in New Orleans, the World War II Museum. It's the and, and national the National World War II uh, Museum in New Orleans. Yeah, they got a website there you can go to. And the cool. yeah. In the National World War One Museum, which is also a kick butt too, is in it's in Kansas City, and yeah, that's an incredible museum City. too. Yep. So both yeah. you get the one in New Orleans and the one in Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas yeah. City. We did a jump there too. for Veterans Day. Did you? At the at the, the World War One museum. museum. Yeah. Yeah. Very there, cool. There's some things when you walk through that that are just blow you away. I mean, because we don't cover World War One a lot in what we do and so the the history behind that is horrific <laughs> to say the least yeah the conditions that they had to fight in i mean you thought yeah. world war ii was bad jeez oh yeah. oh yeah unbelievable all right next question is what is your next firearm piece of kit that you're looking at uh, purchasing adding to your arsenal what's on your radar well, you, you talked about what was that Browning that you that the package? Buck Mark Twenty Two? Yeah, you going to enter so, the contest? You need to enter. I, I might do that. Then, then let me tell you why. My wife is a Browning, so from the Browning Rifle Works goes back. Her her grandmother's a Browning, and so that the the Brownings are a big Mormon family, 
And so it, the we have in the family on my wife's side, we have all the history books oh, of the nice. Brownings and where we went to. So my father-in-law had this, and, and nobody knows what happened to it, but he had this Browning 22 with the gold inlays and everything that he'd gotten when he was a kid. Somewhere in the shuffle of the world, it, it, it got lost. So my, my thought is maybe the next thing we need to do is buy a really nice Browning and then oh, memorial the family and well, I mean, if, moving forward from that. If you've got the lineage there, maybe they'll give you one. <laughs> you don't have to, no. Maybe you won't have to buy. I, I, I ask my wife all the time, where where is where are my Mary Janes? You know, out of this deal. And, yeah, and it's just too far apart and down the line. And well, I can help else. you with that. Enter the contest, and you got an opportunity, <laughs> no, and and you get yep. a nice uh, stealth project uh, twenty two can with it too. There we go. Yeah, we go. it's really. I, I want to win that. that. <laughs> I wrote that down. So. Yeah, there we go. Well, I, I, I'm going to join, and and uh, and Marty, we'll send you something for uh, uh, to go with each. Uh, you know, so you have five of them you're giving away, right? Uh, or yeah, but it's too late level? to do it now. Oh. But but we okay. will, we will definitely uh, be doing it again sometime soon. So uh, our leadheads right. love to get giveaways and, and prizes. So we'll set something up with Seal One to to get some. Well, let's do product. let's do a tar- let's do a target. Let's do a. I mean, we'll we'll ship you, or we'll just do a quad pod, and then our just our triangle target with that too, with the seal one piece. So let's there you let's go, Leadheads. We've already we've already formulated another giveaway. Uh, <laughs> okay, not yet though. We're gonna talk off air, and we'll set it up, and we'll uh, come up with a way for you guys yeah. to enter and, and do it. But hell, hell yeah, thanks guys, that's awesome. Well, well, here's um, for all the Leadheads that go purchase from the seal one dot net and use the code new. If they write in there, um, talking lead and put in a t-shirt size and they do at least a $25 order, we'll, uh, throw in a t- free, uh, seal one t-shirt. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Write that down, leadheads. This is a lot. Write it down. Write the codes down. Write the websites down. That's awesome. So there's a place when they go to order, they can like leave you a note or comment or something. Um, yeah. Okay. If, uh, yeah, they, should be able to. Okay. Um, if you can't, shoot me an email, talkingletgmail.com. Uh, show me your order confirmation, and I'll forward it to, to Dwight. Yeah. We'll get you a shirt. Hell, yeah. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. I don't even have a seal one T-shirt. That's so what's your, what's your got to want to have next order. piece of kit, Dwight? No order. <laughs> Use the code. New. <laughs> Use the code. Order. Okay, I'll talk to Scott about that. I'll circumvent you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most everybody does. <laughs> we'll just Let's take Scott. it to the top. Get you, Dwight. Take it to the top. <laughs> so, so Dwight, what's your uh, what's your next piece of kit or firearm that you're you're eyeballing? Um, it was a uh, Cobalt Kinetic. Oh uh, God, it's Those their, awesome. It's their AR-10 platform uh-huh uh, i was shooting that and uh it i was just really i mean it wasn't heavy you know it's a uh the, the 308 i i say 762 <laughs> sure you know but it uh was sitting there i mean i w- i could shoot that thing just resting it on my hand without gripping it and um and keep it on target oh wow uh i i was just really amazed 
And but I did that a few times, and then because I wasn't making it stable, I I caused it to malfunction because I you know we're honing firm. Just, yeah, jacking. But the I was just yeah. I was seeing how many shots I could keep going, and I I I was just resting it on my hand, shooting and and uh, you know hitting the target at uh, twenty five yards. But it was just you know bang 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 bang. And it was around the eighth shot that it uh, double fed, but that was my fault. Yeah, because I wasn't, you know, Limp holding it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as I said, but I was doing that on purpose to see yeah. if I actually. I think it was um, more than that, um, more rounds than that. But uh, I, I was just, it was very sweet, you know. And uh, I, I just, uh, I want to look at building with a, a another buddy of mine, maybe a, a six five, with some. Uh, I've been eyeballing Grendel or Creedmoor. Um, uh, Creedmoor. Creedmoor. Yeah, the yeah. AR-10 platform. Nice. Now you know, uh, POF has a really super light AR-10. Also. Yeah, I know. I've uh, I've shot that, and I've got I've got a. Um, well, I know of it. Someone that has one of their ARs mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that I've shot, <laughs> but uh, I I. Uh, I, I, I like their, their guns. Yeah. Uh, they make some good stuff too. And, Definitely. uh, so. But I, just got that look about them too. You know, just, they've got that next level kind of look to them and they're really cool. Well, I agree with you. They, but their, their buffer system is what makes that to where it fires so smooth. smooth yeah. You know, and because I do like the PWS, I mean, I, I like the, the, the POF, uh, the Revolution. That thing is real sweet, too. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so next question is, laws be damned, money be damned, what would you own? Well, I, I, I want to have a, uh, a compound because I, I want to have it built where it's... Uh, Impenetrable? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. This is something that, like, I, I want to do for you know my family. I have four children, nine grandkids right now. Oh wow! And I'd like to have a uh, a little bit of a compound where it's the main living space is only the kitchen and living room and all, and then from there would have about ten little casitas. Uh, around it, that's the living space. Okay. So when when you're there in your living space, or if I'm in mine, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> when I'm in, in the the common space, you know, talk to me and uh-huh. and you know, l- let's do that and uh, interact. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and I'm I'm looking at some areas where I I want to do this at. Now, how know. much land would you need to to build this ideal? Uh, facility for you um i could do it on uh on two acres but i prefer about 20 okay so i mean again laws be damned money be damned so you want 20 acres at least yeah because that way i can have uh my shooting range right there okay now we're getting into this no rules no money limit. okay <laughs> keep going keep going you know so there's a shooting range and, uh, okay yeah, and um, set up with guardian targets. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I only shooting a need cobalt AR ten. 
<laughs> yeah, only need them out to about fifteen hundred uh, meters. That's that's fine. Look, man, we're yeah. talking excess here. We're talking excess. <laughs> Rules be yeah. damned, money be damned. You you've got a, a a three mile shooting radius. Yeah, I'd have Charlie build me a nice gun. There you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> now you're getting yeah. the gist of the question. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's fancy. It's like if I won the lottery, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. What about you, Kirk? I would enjoy a nice island somewhere where the highs were 85 and the lows were 60, but my own damn island with my own boat access. I, I probably have a couple helicopters, but for everybody else, you'd have to get there via boat and you'd have to be vetted to come in. Uh, the only people that would live on my island would be people that were productive people that had a skill that would help everybody else who lived on the island. There wouldn't be a ton of people, but I can't just be by myself. I enjoy people to an extent. So, you know, to but extent, people yeah. that are, people that are productive, uh, you know, that can teach me things and make me a better person. A couple of helicopters and I'd have a fleet of 1964 Corvette convertibles. There you go. Those things are kick ass bad. Those I was been watching the series. Um, uh, the right stuff on Disney and those the Apollo guys. I just watched that again. Uh, Sixty-four Corvettes Chuck for a dollar Yeager. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, and those those cars are just, they just don't make those cars like like that anymore at all whatsoever. So I'd have a couple of those hanging out. Um, some air defense artillery pieces mm -hmm. just to keep out yeah. the riffraff, and then a couple uh, of mini guns. First, yeah, my first artillery piece was an eight inch. So they used to be able to shoot the new crowds and stuff. So I'd have a couple of those because I could go get those out of the museums now. One of the things I joke about is, you know, you've been in the military for a long time when you actually, when you, if your first piece of equipment sitting in the, sitting in you the, know, the military museum on post. <laughs> is that what you told your wife? This is my big eight inch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told you. Yes, I did. I said, Beth, I, I have an eight inch that I drive all over the place. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so I probably have a couple of those just to shoot those for sentimental values. Keep them running, you know. I don't fold it in half for nobody. Yeah, no. So, you know. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute. You know, I'm an army guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The quickest shell shot. Quickest. Army training, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now it's something like that where I, I was by myself on an island. I, as I can getting older here, my bones don't like the cold as much maybe i need to move down to coronado uh, my bones don't North. like anything my bones don't even like hey. walking yeah maybe i need to move down live on an island like dwight grow my hair long get a nice mustache and a harley well we like both going to the same island you know yeah, i know we do yeah i leave <laughs> i leave friday for the island so what island are you going to going to the big island the big island of hawaii my wife and i go for about a month every year oh nice yeah. you gonna do any hunting yeah. uh i'm not sure about that i do a lot of golfing I bet uh, Dwight knows a good outfitter he could hook you up with. I know he does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so I might. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. I go there to not think ahead. I go there to just, just be. It's a. I it's, hear you. it's the place in my world. I tell my wife I can just go to Hawaii and be, and it's nice. All right. Last but, question. Know. If you could spend the day at the range with anyone, whether they're a fictional character, a true to life character person group they could be alive they could be dead it could be a group of people who would you like to spend the day at the range with that's easy for me john wayne the duke the duke 
spend the day at the range with the Duke, listening to stories. What would you ask him? What would be the first question that you would, you would ask him? What do you think of America today would be my first question I'd ask him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see that interview that they released to him? He was like on this boat and they were interviewing him and you know he was just giving his I, personal... That life. was his Playboy article interview. Was it? Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Is it awesome? Uh, it's... I would say so, yeah. For, okay. For yeah, somebody to, to speak their mind uh, like he did. Yeah. Well, and it was from that interview that they want... Now we're talking about, well, we need to remove... Uh, the name from, oh, from the, the John Wayne Nash airport. airport. Yeah. Really? Airport, schools, yeah. roads. Okay, I did hear about that. I haven't heard the interview, but I, I know. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, racist. John Wayne Airport, he, Burbank or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gives yeah. some, some racist uh, opinions, but yeah. that's but, the but way it was in, back then, you know. You got to put it in context. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the, but the thing is, at that time, you know, what they were saying at the time, what he was saying was not, no, not at all. racist. Yeah. Oh. You know? And uh, he was just saying, stating the way it was, yeah. you know, and it's not everything as he even said, it's not everything I agree with. Right. You know, but exactly. Yeah. It's context. Yeah, context. Yeah. It's taken out of context and you know, tried to, to use against it. But yeah, that's, that's a great. That's another one, another one of those movies where you just put some John Wayne movies on like big Jake McCandles and just <laughs> zone out in the world. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Mike? Uh, God, I mean, anybody, uh, anybody, you could be real fictional, dead, alive, historical, like John Wayne. He just brought John Wayne back to life and spent the day. Yeah. <laughs> Only here on the Talking Lake podcast. That. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, even then, I mean, a, a, a great day at the range is when, when you're out there with, uh, unlimited ammo, uh, you know, unlimited weapons yeah. and, you know, uh, good friends. And you know what? Hey, I, I wouldn't mind having, uh, the, the Duke there, but I would, uh, also like to, uh, have, uh, group of people, probably fine. Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy. Oh yeah. A rough rider. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Another American. Yeah. And just let them see, uh, man, Teddy, if you guys would have had one of these babies when you were riding up that hill. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, bring bring Teddy back, bring some old historical figures back, George Washington yeah. even, and say, yeah. what could you have done with this? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be interesting, yeah. George Patton, bring him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be a good day. That's, that's a range day that I would attend. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Well, guys, I appreciate you uh, spending these three and a half hours uh, with the lead heads and sharing oh, your most most Great. intimate, deepest personal secrets <laughs> with us today. Uh, but lead heads, definitely go show uh, Dwight and Kurt some love. Uh, where's your social medias at that they can go and follow you guys and uh, let you know how much they appreciate you being on? Well, we're on the facebook and instagram you know seal one and seal one underscore on uh, instagram seal one underscore okay on the grams yeah and we're, we're task fabrication on facebook and it's t-a-z t-a-z fabrication fabrication definitely go check them out go to their website use those codes buy those products 
You're not going to be disappointed. Uh, and then uh, don't forget, uh, Dwight threw that extra uh, T-shirt offer in there. So when you go and you use the code NEW25%, put in uh, Talking Lead or Leadhead in the comments or notes section there and your shirt size, and they'll send you a T-shirt also. So that's awesome. So appreciate you guys doing that. And then we're going to put together, it sounds like we're going to put together another uh, giveaway. Yeah, let's put another giveaway together. Let's so, do it. So uh, we'll yeah. talk about that off air. We'll put that together. We'll give you uh, Leadhead's information on that once we get it put together. Uh, but in the meantime, go to our current giveaway. Uh, we're calling it the Christmas Ain't Canceled giveaway. And uh, we've got a shift ton of prizes from, and I'm going to go through all these people, Glock. They're putting up a G48. Sky is putting up two of their CPX 2RDs. Uh, that's their 9mm pistols with red dots. You've got two packages, uh, one each with those in it, and the Buckmark 22 LR pistol uh, that's going to be coming with that Stealth Project Suppressor can. Um, of course, all laws, rules, regulations apply here. If you can't own a firearm, don't enter. Don't waste our time. If we pick you, we're going to vet you. We're going to find out. Uh, you'll be disqualified, and then I'll get, get to keep it. So. <laughs> so in other words, enter. Enter anyway. Enter anyway. Yeah, do it, do it. Uh, no, don't, because it, you can't have it. Uh, the Smith & Wesson M&P 9, 9mm pistol from Primary Arms. Primary Arms is putting that one up for us. Got Night Vision putting up sights for that G48 and the Smith & Wesson. Glow Rhino has uh, some of their products, uh, glow-in-the-dark key fobs and a tritium pry bar that uh, they're putting in each of these packages. Crossbreed Holsters has one of their concealed carry weapons packs that's got a belt, um, a holster, and a mag pouch. Uh, Armament Systems and Procedures, ASP USA, is putting up five of their T1 DF rechargeable flashlights. So each of the packages is going to have that in it. Mission First Tactical just just dumped all over us with, with prizes. They've got uh, five EDC dump trays, five minimal wallets, wallets not wallets, uh, those are going to have the Talking Lead logos on them. They've got a M18 Red Smoke Evac uh, drink container that you can put your favorite beverage in. It's going to be awesome. They'll have five of those. Uh, Mark III Tactical uh, Flip Top uh, OC Spray. and They have five of those, uh, one of each in each of the packages. Geisley Automatics is putting up five of their everyday carry pistol backpacks. Those are like 190 bucks each. Buck Knives is putting up uh, five of their 112 Slim Pro knives. <clears throat> uh, very cool uh, pocket knives. And you're kind of getting a theme here. This is all EDC stuff, you know, stuff you're going to carry. You can throw in that backpack, carry with you anywhere you go, make it a go bag. Uh, Diamond Leather Holsters is putting up a holster for that G48. Talking Lead, we're throwing in a Talking Lead Logo T, five of those, and our Leadhead Brigade patches from 1776 United. And then 1776 United is going to add an additional $25 gift card to each of these packages. So you can go and buy another Talking Lead shirt or anything from 1776 United. 
and uh, Founders Cigar Company. We even got a cigars in this in this giveaway package. We've got a sampler four pack from uh, Founders Cigar Company uh, that you're going to get if you're not a smoker. If you don't like some of these prizes, again, give them away to somebody. You know, regift. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mentioned Stealth Project Suppressors has their S222 Rimfire Suppressor. Modern Spartan Systems is putting up their Starter Kit Plus, uh, which will have their grease, their um, accuracy oil, carbon destroyer, uh, and their there's another one in there. Uh, it's a lens cleaner that's going to be in that kit. That's like a $55 kit. Uh, and their TVT Engine Oil Additive which is what I run in the lead sled, which is why I've got over uh, 325,000 miles on the old lead sled because I use that TVT engine oil additive. Uh, so you guys are going to get the opportunity to win that. Obsidian Arms has a 12-piece punch kit that they're going to include in those uh, five packages. And they also are including an AR-15 bolt carrier pin kit in each of those. Operator Coffee, which you guys are familiar with, part of the Anterior Alliance, they're going to put uh, five bags of coffee. And so each of those is going to get uh, some coffee. And I think Obsidian is a member of uh, Anterior Alliance too, if I'm not mistaken. I know they go to the try and buys. Correct. They are. Uh, Ready Man Network is putting up one of their Wilderness Survival Cards and their Hostage Escape Card. Uh, they are also going to include a compact bleeder kit. So uh, that's going to be it's one of their best-selling EFAC emergency first aid kits. Uh, treat gunshot wounds, traumatic wounds, things like that. Uh, and to add to that, Student of the Gun is going to have their combat lifesaver kit and their pocket <coughs> lifesaver kit uh, included in that. And I think they're going to include a T-shirt also from Student of the Gun. Prime One Camo. They're another Antirus uh, member. Uh, yep. We originally were going to have cooler bags, but she uh, I guess they sold out of those inadvertently, and uh, she's changed it to, I think they're going to do some sort of a like winter jacket or coat with uh, one of their, their camo patterns on there. So uh, even better, because I think that's even more money than what the cooler bags were. So all in all, over 10000 in prizes. We've got five prize packs. Uh, for each one of those guns, uh, you're going to get the winner's going to get all that stuff I just mentioned in each one of those prize, those five prize packs. You've got until December 24th. Go to Instagram. I've got uh, posts there for links. Mission First Tactical's got links. All these companies have links to go to the Gleam. It's one of those Gleam contests. I've got it on Facebook. Uh, and then if you still can't find it, then just shoot me an email, talkinglate at gmail.com, and I'll shoot you a link. Uh, because we want everybody to have an opportunity to have a great Christmas. So that's it. That's, all, that's what I've got. Go and support and show love to these companies. Go to their their social media, subscribe to them, let them know you're Leadheads. Let them know you appreciate everything that they do for the Leadhead Brigade and uh, all these awesome giveaways, these discount codes like Dwight at Seal One has given us today. Kurt with Taz Fabrication has given uh, you Leadheads. Uh, and then that giveaway we're going to do with them coming up. Guys, thank you so much for, for being on, taking the time. Any last words? Wish uh, everybody a, a, a wonderful holiday and enjoy your families and the time that you have together. And uh, that's it. Enjoy talking to both of you. I always enjoy talking to Dwight most of the time anyway. 
<laughs> well, I forgot how much I enjoy talking to him. We're going to have to make this happen more often, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just want to, you know, wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, hey, get out and uh, spend some time with family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Christmas ain't canceled. Nope. Yep. No, it's not. Don't don't buy into that gibberish. Um, go visit loved ones. Do it. Again, be responsible about it. But I know you lead heads are. So until the next episode, as always, lead heads. Keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Especially when they got seal one on it, then you know, it can be a concealed carry and it won't get your clothes oily. <laughs> that lint will just fall right off. <laughs> yeah. And your weapon closer and your shooting accuracy increased with the use of Guardian target systems. Laced with seal one. Laced with seal one. Laced. (laughs) That sounds kind of sexy. Use the paste. Use the paste. I like it. Outtakes, outtakes, outtakes. Hey, so, uh, Dwight, it's been a long time since we talked, man. Yeah, it has. How you been? Been real good. You feel like you've been uh, working out a little bit, gotten, gotten in shape, lost some weight. Uh, no, it's just uh, shifted. Shifted? <laughs> <laughs> it's all between the legs now? <laughs> well, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah I, just, I saw you when you uh, when you had the even longer hair. I guess it was probably the last time I saw you. You had the the ponytail going. Um, well, I didn't put it in a ponytail. I just it, it could have been. You had but, it back. But, yeah, you had it back. Yeah, definitely. Now, did I inspire yeah. you to do that, or was that Ron? Well, <clears throat> actually, before I went in the Navy, my my hair was uh, uh, down kind of the middle of my back, so. So you you were I a, had just you're a uh, I had just peg banger before you went into the seals, huh? Yes. <laughs> heavy metal? No, actually I, I wasn't I wasn't a heavy metal guy, you know. I, I was as one of my coaches had told me, he goes, you know, you're a jock with long hair. <laughs> and uh it was like, Yeah, well, hey, it, it, as Kurt will say, it flows. It flows. So <laughs> He does the Fabio throw. You know, I can't do that, but he does that Fabio throw sometimes. Oh, yeah. It just knocks yeah. me on my feet. Yeah, that one. Just so, knocks me on your feet. So for the past, like, six years, I've grown my hair out. I grow it out and I donate it. I'm debating whether I want to go for round four or not. I was doing that, and then Ron had told me, he goes, they don't want gray hair. <laughs> not only do they not want it, they won't take it. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, well. And... And actually, it was uh, in 2016, right after my third daughter's wedding. It was a couple of days after the wedding. I was going to shave, and I just looked in the mirror. I said, I'm growing a beard, and I'm growing my hair out. (laughs) And I was like, if I have the beard going, then my wife, it'll take away the look from the hair. So, you know. Distract her from the hair? Yes. (laughs) So it was all tactical in how you did it. Yeah. So then then she told me, she goes, you can have long hair when you bring home your first million dollars. And uh, what is it with so, these a million dollar quotas? You know, I don't I don't know. You know, I kind of 
ass that myself, you know, but uh, <laughs> it was like, all right. Uh, well, apparently you I'll hit that mark, it. so. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> no, I haven't hit the mark. No. <laughs> I just said going, screw it. <laughs> just to the hell with it? <laughs> yeah. You know, she just didn't want it down to my shoulders, so it's not, you know, no, this is shorter than there. the back, so. It's there. Uh, yeah, it's good length. It, it uh, you wear it well, man. He does. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. He oh, yeah. wears it well. Yeah. So I, I think I mean, you people should be can next pull it Kurt. off, but he can. No, yeah. I, I try. It touches my ears, and I'm done. I no, just, you I just, you get it past that stage, and you're fine. Because I was the same way. Oh. You just you just forget about it. Don't look in the mirror. You know, don't worry <laughs> about it for about once it hits that point for about two months, and you're good. You're oh. golden, man. I, t- I did no shave November till November 27th, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I tried. I gave it some try. Well, see, I'm at the where the bangs when they're like hanging in the face, it 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 bugs me. But I just now got to the length where it stays back enough to yeah not hang down. The forward weight keeps I, it back. Yeah. They make product but, uh, too, man. I mean, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing unmanly about throwing a little product in there. I'm just saying. Hair chat with the white settle. I, I, I like, I like <laughs> right? that. We should do that. Hair chat. Former Navy SEAL. That's what we're doing. Hair now. chat. <laughs> How to manage your bangs. This is all going four. on the show. This is this is all <laughs> going on the show. <laughs> episode five: How yeah. to manage split ends. Talking yeah. lead well, hair series. <laughs> episode one so kurt i i edit in noises and sound effects and stuff okay. like that uh during the show and i do edit so um you know, if you <laughs> fuck up and say something that you want to say over you know you can do that so i go back and edit all this shit out and i make it seamless i've been told i'm an editing genius it's good to be told you're a genius well editing anyway yeah kurt's never heard that <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, is are you got flashing lights or is that just your your camera? I don't know. Okay, look like maybe you had Christmas lights going on there or something. No, I don't. Oh, maybe no. I think you're seeing a reflection. No Christmas lights. Okay. Did, are you <laughs> seeing that, Dwight? Yeah, I think it's him rocking. It's the reflection off his glasses from the. Uh... <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. How's that? Better. No, it's fine. I was just. I All right. thought maybe you turned your disco lights on there. You're getting in the mood. I, I was so. thinking about it. I, I, I keep envisioning it's, Dwight in 1977 in San Diego at the, you know, the Copacabana disco and with his hair flowing, <laughs> tight spandex no, it was, with uh, it was, Paul, it was Paul Esther suit. It was, yeah, it, it was uh, Houston. And what was oh, the name Houston, of the place? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Did you have one but, of those suits? Those, those go to the, the, the disco, the big yeah. collared yeah. with the big collars and stuff. You got any pictures? Big button down, hairy chest. Yeah, you have a medallion right about here. Yeah, gold chains. No, I just I just had some silk shirts to go with my jeans. You know. There you go. go. Okay. All right. Boots. <laughs> jeans and boots and the silk shirts. I'll dig it. Dig it. Big thick collar. Love it.